This is Jason J. Lewis, the voice of Superman on Justice League Action. This is Mark Wade, writer of Superman Birthright. And you're listening to The Krypton Report. And you're listening to Krypton Report. Kryptonian podcast, including Superman and Supergirl. We discuss games, movies, cartoons, TV shows, and comics. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Welcome to the Krypton Report, and happy Batman Day, James. Happy Batman Day, Tyler. This is a special, special Krypton Report for Batman Day. We are going to be reviewing, commentating, and discussing Batman Begins. One, because it was the 15th anniversary this year, and two, it's a special celebration for Batman Day. Now, I don't know about you, James, but I'm sitting here in my Batman pajama pants, my uh, Batman t-shirt, in my Justice League blanket that has Batman, with my uh, wife's Batman coffee mug. <laughs> well, dang. Yeah. Uh, so I don't I don't have as much Batman um, paraphernalia that you do. <laughs> <laughs> That's because of, um, you know I like Batman Year Two. Like, I'm not had, a hater. Oh yeah, I mean I have I have plenty. Um, I've got a Batman blanket which the kids had used. So I'm actually not positive where that is right now. Um, uh, what else? You know, my ex she had some shirts and things. Um, they don't fit me though, because I'm a much bigger person. It's and that, it's, that big, it's that big heart of you, of yours, <laughs> and uh, all those uh, gym workouts you do. Got it all. Yeah, be like a little belly shirt on me or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what else? I know I got some other Batman stuff around here besides the movies and games and 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 trades. I got plenty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every year is always kind of nice to do stuff. They have uh, got my Zack Snyder Justice League shirt on underneath uh, my big old, big old uh, thermal shirt here. I love getting these cool mornings. I do too. <clears throat> I actually woke up this morning very happy, very like oh, I'm like, man, this is this is it. I'm like, this is this is what I've been waiting for. Yeah, this is, is one. Of, it's one of my favorite times of year. Fall is like my favorite season, um, and I love when it's like getting to that that transfer to fall when when the season's changing. It's starting to get dark a bit earlier. You know, I don't mm-hmm. like it when it's like when it's light out super late. Um, if I'm out doing something, I like it, but just like in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like when it's light out super late, but I also, of course, don't like when it's dark out by the time I get off of work. So, <laughs> yep. you know, it's it's a nice middle ground there. You know, it's nice when it gets dark and, you know, especially like during the summer. Kids don't want to go to sleep when it's still light out. Um, yeah, it's very hard. <laughs> yeah. Their, and, their, uh, their rationale for, but it's sun's out, daddy. I want to stay up. But yeah. You know, that doesn't work when you're like, it's dark you now. Can't blame them. <laughs> you can't blame them. I mean, when I was a kid, it, 
it, it was a sensible argument. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I, I try to abide by that, making their bedtime and stuff a little later. Because I get it too. Like, it's so weird. Like, the, the sun's out, Daddy. Yeah. And, um, you know, the cool nights. So, so comfortable to sleep in. You get to, you can be comfortable and you can still wrap up in a big blanket. And, uh, and then it's warm days. You know, you can still go outside. You maybe have a hoodie on in the morning, but, you know, by midday, you don't need it. Yep, you don't need it for the rest of the day, and it's all nice and warm. You still get the sun. Yeah, it's, it's a great best. time. Like, honestly, we went to bed last night. It was warm in the house, and about 3, 4 in the morning, I woke up because Sayla was crying. She, had, she was having a bad dream. And um, I, I kicked the heat on because it was, like, really cold in the house. And I was like, Wow. I was like, dang. But I was like, that's pretty cool, though. I can deal with that. But we are going to be watching Batman Begins. And I would like to just thought that this film in our house is also called Dark Knight Scarecrow. Because that's <laughs> what Solomon likes it. And I actually, you know, I like it. That's how, we, that's how we classify the movies. We got Dark Knight Scarecrow, Dark Knight Joker, Dark Knight Bane. <laughs> nice. Eh, it makes sense. I mean, they do call it the Dark Knight Trilogy. I'm like, you know, um, I like it, you know? I mean, it's, it's funny. It's the Dark Knight Trilogy because, like, the Dark Knight is the is the best film and, and like, the most – and one of the most iconic films, like, especially of, of these movies. Um, but uh, I still think that this is the – I still think this is the better Batman movie. Yes. So this is my favorite Batman movie, Batman story. I think The Dark Knight is a better film. But when we get to The Dark Knight, it's by that time, it becomes so much more um, about all the characters. This one is much more Bruce-centric, which works oh. in, a, you know, in a trilogy or a, a series. Like, you know, this one really introduces your hero character focus on them so that you can expand um, the story when we get to the next movie. So, right. You know, but, Uh, um, so yeah, this is, this is probably, you know, my, my favorite live action Batman movie. Um, it's, uh, it's all about, um, and it's all about Bruce um, him becoming Batman, um, like the impact Batman has on, um, like the police force and the criminals and stuff like that. Um, the, the fear he spreads, like it's, it's very, it's pretty Batman centric, even though Batman doesn't show up until after the first hour. It kind Um, of shows you more of like, it's, you know, who Batman is as far as the person. And I'll get more into why I like this one as we go, but I'm with you. Like, this is my favorite live action Batman. Yeah. So yeah, being my favorite, li- favorite live action Batman movie, it's, movie, it's yeah. funny though. Yeah. Movie because, um, Bale is probably, if you throw Conroy in there is probably like my fourth favorite Batman. So, mm. cause you know, I mean, it's, it's really a, it's really an argument for the top three Batman. Like, 
it could be either three of them be one, two, and three. But I mean, it's it would probably be like Ben Affleck, Kevin Conroy, and then um, Michael Keaton before Bale. Yeah. So. I uh, I like Keaton. I don't love Keaton, but I like Keaton. I've liked him. I've come to like him more as time has gone on. Um, but yeah, I, he definitely was unique, and I do feel that um, Bale when he became Batman. Um, or we can get into this and talk about it um, as it goes. Um, but when he became Batman, you know. Um, when he finally decided to do something about it, because he didn't do anything until he was a grown up, until he was an adult, till he left for school, mm-hmm. um, he he didn't make a choice in this one to to do that. Um, basically, he just you know he he lived a depressed life and you know felt sorry for himself. Granted, I mean it's it's an incredible tragedy what happened to him, but like his entire life from the time he was, I don't know how old you say this kid is in this movie, 10, 11 years old, 11 yeah. years old, maybe he, this kid seems definitely maybe 11 or 12. Um, like he seems right around my son's age, but, um, from the time that happens till the time he finally gets smacked in the face by Rachel. Um, I mean, he's just, I mean, he might as well be the depressed emo kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, we'll get into it more. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but let's uh, let's get this ready. Um, you know, I'm sure you have plenty of Batman Day activities planned. Kids and I are gonna put on some costumes, run around the house. You know, I got I got my nice. Batman. I'm gonna put my Bane mask on and break my kids' back already. <laughs> I got, uh, I bought, I'm not a huge com, like, you know, I'm not a digital person as much, but man, they, um, like 90% off on some of these digital, like, stuff on DC. So I, I bought Batman Ego, um, for five bucks. And it's like 200 and some pages. And I'm like, okay. Um, it's one of the comics that Matt Reeves had referenced, you know, in, inspiring for his The Batman. Oh, is was that the Dwayne McDuffie ego that you um, yep, it's sent a, a picture of? It's Darwin Cook. Or Darwin Cook. Yep. And I love his art, and I've enjoyed his writings, you know. Um, and it's one of those stories I had seen, but, like, I never knew. just if, had Dwayne McDuffie on the brain. Probably. <laughs> Because, like, the other one I thought about buying is Tom King's The War of Jokes and Riddles. Because that was a really good story of, like, the Joker and the Riddler battling in Gotham. Um, But it was all, like, told kind of, like, flashback type. And, like, Kite Man actually has a really unique story in that volume. And then they had the Golden Age um, Batman collection, volume one. But... Ego, I've only been able to find for like $30 in trade. So I was like, mm. I'm like, that's going to be my uh, the happy Batman day to Tyler. That's my uh, that's my book. And uh, I was like, I'm going to purchase this. And that's going to be my Batman day book. And we're going to we're gonna check out, I think, throughout the day, we're going to watch an episode of like each one of the Batman TV series and cartoons and kind of just, uh, you know, enjoy the day. <laughs> 
Right. Well, you know, I know I'm going to, I'm going to watch some, um, Batman 66 today. Um, uh, I, I really enjoyed, um, I've been wanting it for a while and, um, I just really enjoyed, uh, Ray talking about it over there on DC TV. And, uh, I was on my way to work listening to it. And at a stoplight, I brought up my Amazon prime, um, video and, bought the first season while I was at a stoplight. I was like, all right, I'm watching this later. Um, so I've watched a handful of episodes now and, and, uh, I'm gonna watch some more today. Uh, I got to finish my detective comics, 1027. I just, um, I just finished that last night or the night before. I can't remember one of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's thick. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of pages in it. Um, and sometimes with these short stories, um, since they're all short stories, they're really exposition heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you just, you just take your time and I always take my time when I read comics, you know, um, I, I always because try, I try to I, do it twice. I'm such an admirer of the art. I, I piece together the story with the art and, and not just the narrative and stuff. So because sometimes I, I, I get excited and I read through like the narrative and kind of just look at the art. But then I go back and I like I it's like I read it once for the words and read it a second time for the art. Right. Um, but I was gonna say Makes like sense. I gotta try and do that. I, I just can't like I can't separate the two, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can't just read through all the words and then and then without without attaching it to the pictures, without seeing what it's what it's telling me about the pictures and what the pictures are telling me about either the narrative the exposition or you know the dialogue what's happening or just the action <laughs> um i think i don't know i'd have to check but at one point in time batman 66 was on the roku channel so if anyone uh yeah has the it roku. was I, last time i knew um i don't know if it still is i own just volume three i bought volume three on dvd um, back when BVS came out because I was like, they had that sale and it came like all these DC properties came with like $5, $8 tickets to go see BVS, um, you know, through movie magic or movie uh-huh. makers or whatever it was. And I was like, Hmm, I'm going to see this movie at least twice in theaters. I ended up seeing it five, but that's a whole nother story I've talked about before. Um, but I'm like, I don't own this. Ten dollars for the DVD set, minus my five dollar ticket. Oh, that's five bucks for brand new volume of. And I I end up buying Batman sixty six volume three because that's the one with Batgirl, and I end up buying uh, Gotham season one. I want that. Um, they're not too expensive on Amazon Prime. Like you get the whole season for like fifteen bucks. Um, so it's not too bad. Um to buy the whole thing for like it ended up being I think 60 bucks which I'm gonna do here I might end up buying the rest of them later today um it's it's definitely but a, a I do want that I like but I don't love I have an appreciation for but I have to be in the mood well, for I mean it was it was my first Batman you know uh, I remember seeing it on TV and and in reruns and stuff when I can barely remember anything else, you know. Just, so it was my first Batman, but also I was so young that the first influential Batman I had was Michael Keaton. 
Yeah, that's um, the same here. I mean, it's right so, there, and then and then it's like that's that's our generation, man. It's like sixty six reruns on FX, eighty nine, and then returns to the animated series. Yep, and then exactly. that's, like, that's like the childhood, and then like the 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 the, the uh, you know, and then into forever. Which is my other second favorite, like live action Batman movie, just because I have such love and fond memories and like nostalgia for that movie. But let's get into this movie. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> I am watching it on Blu-ray. James has it on DVD because we are big components of physical media. Um, yep, and I haven't gotten the blue. I haven't gotten the Blu-ray trilogy yet of. Uh, or I haven't gotten the Blu-ray set of the Dark Knight trilogy yet. But see, if I didn't, so, own, I may just I upgrade would... to. I may just wait and just when I finally get there, just get the 4K. Um, I mean, it probably is on 4K, but I don't know. Um, I want to say yes, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if it's not, I'll get the Blu-ray. That's fine, but um, I mean, I might as well the, wait. Cause, Dark Knight well, was like, one of the I don't first have a 4K I ever Blu-ray. had. Uh, right. Um, no, the first Blu-ray I, I got was um, Captain America, the first Avenger. I didn't even have a Blu-ray player, but I was like, I'm going to get a Blu-ray player. So I'm going to buy this combo pack, and I'll watch the DVD until I get a Blu-ray player. That's and then that's, I that's have the a Blu-ray. The combo packs. That's why I'm a big supporter of combo packs. Yeah. I was mad when they stopped doing that, and I think it was right at Thor 2, um, The Dark World. Yeah. Um, Did, yeah, Marvel When they stopped, stopped that. doing that. Yeah, I was pretty upset. I was like, well, it looks like I'm not buying too many more of you Marvel movies for the time being. Because I think that was because that was a Disney move. I think so. no, because because I think they were the first ones to do it. No, I'm just thinking because like the Avengers was still technically released with Paramount. It was like a Disney Paramount joint release. Um, okay, I think. I think it might have been because of the Hulk being such a main character in it. Because it was the last one that had been like made and produced like right before the Disney or right as the Disney acquisition or whatever. So like, but then the first full fledged Disney, like owner of Marvel was Iron Man three, and I think that's where it right or was it Universal that had the Hulk? It was Universal had the Hulk because it was Universal that had distributed the Hulk, and then Paramount had done had done Thor and Captain America and Iron Man, I think. Oh, okay. It was right there, but like when it was just Marvel Studios working with other studios for distribution. Right, right. Because it was Paramount, I think, to distribute the Avengers. But then that was, I don't know. I can't remember. But anyways, yeah. Um, um, I just remember, like, yeah, with you. Because I remember thinking, like, oh, man, when I bought Thor for sure. Because I, I eventually bought Iron Man later, Iron Man 3. I bought it used because I wasn't too thrilled about running out and buying that one. But... Let's get into this movie. We are now 20 minutes into this beautiful Batman Day podcast. The sun is shining. It is a great fall. Esque day. Fall is coming, people. And, uh, yeah, not, not there yet. Let's get started. I'm surprised my daughter is still asleep. She was tired. But we are at 000, the black and white Warner Brothers, a Time Warner company. Logo is up. Gear up your means of viewing. I'm on my DVD, view. it's actually I'm at ten seconds. Really? See, mine. Yeah. It just counts the minutes. I just noticed that it doesn't count. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was like, wait a minute. So think about that. Ten seconds. Um, yeah, mine. I was like, because I was looking at it, like what? But yeah, I realized it only counts the minutes. So we're gonna go one, two, three, and then play 
on what would be the fourth beat. Are you ready, James? I am. One, two, three, play. I just remember, like, so we have the this logo for the the DC animated or DC films, and I think only what Batman Begins, Superman Returns use that style of DC logo, and the Dark Knight. Uh, sounds about right. I love, I love the. I love how that's uh, the bat is just like all the bats in the background. You know what? It was okay. a. It was a pretty cool thing that that he did for the title card in these movies. Oh, I love the I love the title card, like how it's just kind of like the bat, and then it's like. But you know the, what? It was basically scheme. the start. Right. It does. Yeah. It is the color scheme of each film. It was. This movie, the Nolan movies here, was basically like the end of your opening title sequence. It was like after this and, you know, when Arrow came on and stuff where it was just title a quick title card and then get back to the show. <laughs> which, which is cool, but I also miss the, um, the title sequences sometimes for certain things. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why, like, with BVS is an interesting kind of blend of, like, scenes with credits and... Yeah. I, but well, I, you know, nobody tells the visual. Nobody tells a story in a visual style like Zack Snyder. That's that'd be so. that's true, and I don't think anyone else has really <clears throat> been able to pull off a non-linear film the way Christopher Nolan does. I mean, right? This film, for example, it is kind of linear, but it uses some unique flashbacks in the early part. Um, Prestige. Which is my favorite Nolan film. Yeah. Um, Memento, of course. You know. Definitely. Memento is great. That's one I haven't seen. Man, it is definitely... I need to rewatch it. We should I've just, heard its praises for years. I want to I wanna check it out. We I've should just watch it and that. just Skype talk and watch it together. So, this is an interesting opening for um, a Batman movie. You know, you got Bruce Wayne in a prison. And he wakes up from his dream. Which... Basically, you know, you kind of think it's like the Batman origin, but it's he wakes up and it's like a dream. You don't really get to see what what he experienced from falling in that well at the time. I think um, it's interesting that I mean, I just, you know, I don't think people understand the significance sometimes. I think it gets overlooked. Um of just how different this film is, how groundbreaking it was. Um, because this was so weird. I remember being in theaters watching this. I went to the midnight premiere and just, you know, having the kind of in the background, the, you know, the Michael Keaton Batman idea. And then, like for protection, this, <laughs> I don't need protection. Protection from them. I don't need protection. Protection for them. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, but sorry, yeah. I like that part. No, <laughs> I interrupted I'm you. <laughs> no, you're fine. That's dude. It's a commentary. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just thinking like how 
you know, just weird this is. Like, as a movie, like, how, and just like, because the first time I watched this, um, I liked it, but I didn't love it because I didn't know what to think of it. You know, and like, I only watched it the one time. And then when it came out, I remember I was at Best Buy and I was there, I think, to buy a messed album. And it had come out the same day. And I got, I, I grabbed it on DVD. I was like, okay, Batman, cool. I like this enough, you know? And I watched it. And then it's the one over time that, I, that I've just, like, it's just matured. And I've just come to appreciate and love more and more and more. Um, yeah, I really, I really appreciate it. It's, it's, you know, it's version of, of telling the story. Um, it's unique use of, of the flashbacks. Um, and I, uh, I appreciated the, the grounded take that it used, you know, it was, it was really like, it was really almost like what could, what could be if a person, had the resources to become Batman. I mean, just you the, know, the dialogue, <laughs> the dialogue of just the idea of the symbol, you know, a vigilante is just a person running and is scared, but, uh, you know, a symbol, you know, like everything they're talking about, like just in this quick discussion between Roslaw Ghoul and Bruce Wayne, it's just like heavy. And it's just like, yeah, like, all right. And I mean, this movie changed the superhero landscape forever. And I've I've said I've always said that if if Green Lantern had come out in two thousand and seven, it would have been a hit. It would have been a lot more loved and bef- um, than it is because this right. movie came out and like as big as it was, it was very under the radar. Like because it was very like it was praised, but it wasn't a huge huge massive success um because it was the dark knight that really changed it because i mean the just from a visual this it movie was, shot different movie cost so much like <laughs> this movie shot a little different with the colors there's a little bit more darker colors there's a little bit more of the gold hues um when we get to the narrows like that was built on a some of the narrows was built on a set the cave was a set. Um, you know, we're, we're traveling a little bit more with here, with him. Um, in this man, part here, this little this little mountain village, man, it's so cool. I'm cold just looking at it. Like the way that people, the way that people adapt to be able to live in a place like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just like, I mean, it's impressive. It's, it's admirable to, you know, just, just the way that people can live just about anywhere. This movie is grounded. But like the dark Knight is like grounded. Yeah. You know, I mean, is that honestly that like, it was really cool, but over time that's kind of, detracted it for me like it's still like a great film and the performances the characters and Heath Ledger's Joker I mean there's so much iconography and and it's just such a um such a um huge huge staple film Mm. in in comic book history um comic book movie history these these days 
Um, but I think the fact that it got, and I appreciated it then, but I think over time I've come to appreciate it a little bit less because it went so hard in the grounded way when this was, this, this was, was grounded, but blend. it was, to me, this it was, was yeah, it was a blend. It was a nice blend. There was a little bit of the fantastical, a little bit, you know, um, a little bit of the, of the Batman comic, um, um, fantasy, but yeah, uh, that one just went like, nope, nope, none of that. Not and anymore. <laughs> I mean, and a lot, like I said, a lot of it's, you know, based on the settings. Um, you know, I appreciate it. I like the way the dark Knight was filmed, like very handheld camera in real places, no sets, all locations, um, which is great. Yeah. You know, but, but at the same it time, just, it's like Gotham was just a city too. Right. Gotham it, wasn't a, character. a personality of it. Gotham wasn't a character in its own. Like and it was almost, it was pretty much, it was that in this. I mean, it didn't have like the gothic, you know, things that we associate with Gotham, but um, it was still like, it was still like a character in and of itself. It wasn't a place that you would normally see. Right. Except for maybe in some isolated areas of these big cities. And, you know, um, it's just like, I don't know, it's the same problem I have with, you know, Superman the movie, you know, being like, it's Metropolis, but yet you're like, that's New York. You know, <laughs> and this is like, it's Gotham, but yet that is Chicago. Yeah. Um, you know, I, and that's why, like, that's one thing I'm really excited about from Matt Reeves is like, it's filmed in Liverpool. Right. And, um, and they're using the special effects and the CGI to enhance it, you know, it's be, not something I'm familiar with, you know, so it's not like, well, yeah, I mean, it would be a, a place like Liverpool would have its own unique architecture. Um, and then they're going to enhance that with the, um, with the CGI and things is what Reeve said. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so to make it look like a Gotham, we would recognize with probably some Gothic architecture and different things like that. Um, and that excites you know, me a lot. Mandy Parbat in this, um, I thought was really cool. Um, the, the league of the league of shit, uh, is it the league of shadows in this or is it assassin? It's the shadows. It's, okay. this, it's the shadow. It's shadows. Um, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's named so many different things in different mediums, you know, because of like kids and stuff. And so mm-hmm. I like the uh, shadows. It just sounds cool because it sounds a little yeah. bit more mysterious. Right. And like League of Assassins, like you pretty they, much know what they are. Yeah. I like how in this, you know, they use it like, yeah, we've existed all throughout time. You know, we sacked Rome, this and that. And I'm like, that's really cool. Like mm-hmm. the idea of this organization that keeps these civilizations in check, you know, um, to not let the corruption and stuff get out of hand. Um, it's, it's very interesting. And, um, you know these days it it could be useful um anyways the uh no i mean it's great um i like the city and i mean like right here we hit the monorail train you know which kind of gives that fantastical about the cheap public transportation unique to the city his dad's talking about you know we're seeing wayne tower this is a little bit more like this is probably the best like other than like movie young bruce wayne just because he actually is a character 
and yet this is the worst like Martha. <laughs> like just because like she like doesn't say anything but yet has the opportunity to. And that's why I'm saying that's it's um that's why I think it's horrible is because like right here on the train like she just kind of smiles and does this like you could have given her a line or two of dialogue here. You know like I mean it's just so the awkward movie is so much, the talk. movie is so much about I mean, it's supposed to be about the parents, you know, but they focus on the father. And um, you know, that's one thing like with Superman is like his father, like, <laughs> you know, was always more important, almost like the death in his father. And, you know, his mother like carried on, you know, in his life. Yeah. Um, Which is why I like BVS because his mother is the, is that important component in his life who he goes to, who he calls in the middle of the night, who he goes to, you know, to talk to when he needs to, when he needs to, to have somebody who just, you know, has, has no opinion about him and about what he does, you know, who like, who just loves him and wants the best for him. Man, like this is just such a. The actor who plays his father in this, though, I like him. He's really good in a lot of other stuff. Um, This might be my favorite Thomas Wayne. Like, I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan, but like he didn't really get. I mean, if we would get if we would get time with Jeffrey Dean Morgan, definitely. I bet (laughs) you know, but um, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, the more the more you get to the more you get to interact with a character. I mean. You never do with the the Waynes. They they're there to die, um, but in this, you know, there's there's a little bit of life. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of life in them, and a, and a little bit of relationship with I think Bruce. We need that to really like, and the fact that his father's last words is "Don't be afraid," right? And like he's sitting there in that classic Frank Miller, um, you know, year one image. And Bruce kneeled down and both of his parents um, on the ground right there. In a back alley, yeah. you know, behind the theater. And I love the line, you know, like a little bit of opposite. See, like you don't see there. you don't see an alley like that anywhere. I you love, know, I love like, this. Okay, this is something that of one of the reasons I don't I'm not a huge year one fan, is I like that Gordon I wouldn't have I would have I would have made Gary Oldman shave his mustache here or digitally took it out or something. No cavalry <laughs> stuff. But, you can't digitally <laughs> take out mustaches. Um, <laughs> or, or something in the production, like film this last or something. Because I like... Solomon just showed me something awesome on his Nerf gun. Um, I like the idea that Bruce forms this bond and connection with Gordon at a young age. Um, I like that, you know, I like the idea of Gordon being a rookie cop when this happens to Bruce. Um, yeah, I, I you know, I mean, I, I'm, I don't I'm, like Gordon coming from like Chicago and just starting in Gotham because who comes to Gotham? I like for, for Gordon to be well, such somebody a, has to, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but for Gordon to be such a like believer of the city i think it just works better when he is from the city 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think the I think the proponent of a person who um, believes in in um, injustice, you know, um, when when that's when that's like the biggest belief in their life, um, a place like Gotham would certainly test that, you know. So if somebody were to come to Gotham to be a police officer, you know what I mean, like. This is the this is one of the worst places, and you know it needs some of the best people. You know what I mean. Um, so, either way, I mean I do like that Gordon's. Um, I do like this where, and it's just such a small connection too. You know, mm-hmm. um, him him putting that code around him and talking. I mean that's probably one of the that's probably one of the best parts in the Dark Knight Rises when he reveals to him who he is and he tells him that can just be somebody who puts a coat around a young man and tells him, you know what? I forget the exact line. The the world isn't, yeah, that the world isn't ended or whatever. Um, you know, it's just such a small thing, but it meant a lot. You know, what's, it's interesting. is like, I know that you have watched several times, you know, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yes. And it's the line where Ben Affleck is talking as, you know, his character. And he talks about, you know, when you're younger, you, you watch this and you see yourself as Bruce Wayne. He's like, then you become a parent and you get older and like you watch it and you think about, now I'm Thomas Wayne. You know, and it's right. like, you know, sometimes I watch this stuff now and I'm just like, man, like now I think about it as, you know, like so. I'm Thomas. Like, and then I think about like Solomon, like what he would deal with. Like if. Right. So I like this training sequence a lot. Yes. Um, uh, it's, it's really cool. It's really unique. You know, the, 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 the ninjutsu, the theatricality, the weapons training, all this kind of stuff. Um, it's really awesome. The one thing that – so like when these movies were coming, like this movie and The Dark Knight and stuff, they, they used this um, – because obviously, you know, everybody knows if they listen. Um, I, I love watching and learning the special features behind um, the stunt work, the mm-hmm. um, the athleticism, the the training these people go through, the actors and the stunt people, just to bring the bring this stuff to life. Um, and uh, I mean, one how Bale is a small tangent on that. How Bale went from the machinist, and he was like ninety five pounds. Uh, and he was skin and bones and then he got back up to almost 220 pounds for this role immediately after um i mean that right there that in itself is is one of the things that really made me um enjoy bale as an actor you know how how seriously he takes roles and he he would put himself through that um and that he actually got too he got too big too heavy for the role in this film. That's why he's much leaner come the dark night. But, um, the fighting style that they used for these movies, um, is this, uh, I forget what, I think it's French. I cannot it's remember the name of it. fighting. It's kind of like, it was kind of designed. Um, I mean, French is kind of like where I think maybe it originated or, or something, but it's kind of, um, I believe it was like based on a, um, uh, 
I know I, I can't remember the term for it, but the new term for it, but gypsy, like a K gypsies, or something. Um, yeah, the the fighting style though is this fighting style where it's designed to, um, it is designed to fight back against multiple opponents. The fighting style, as they were describing it, as the guy who 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 trained him in the style was, it's a fighting style that's designed for you being jumped and being able to get back up to your feet and continue fighting back. And wasn't it like for like um, the, the way, the way you apply force is like maximum force. So like, yeah, it's not, for it like is a, to injure. It is to hurt. Yeah. It's, it's not to be like, it's not a fighting style where you do it to continue fighting. It's like, this is how you put your opponent down. Yeah. It's, it's, it's designed to end a fight. It really is. And that's what Batman would do. He does not want, and I'd said this back during the Martha rescue too, when people got all upset about that, Batman does not want somebody coming back up behind him to shoot him in the back of the head. Like when he puts you down, he wants you down so that when he turns his back, you are not getting back up plain and simple. I just, I love the, the use of the flashback right here where, you know, now we're at the older Bruce coming home, you know, from school talking to Alfred like, you know, during this training sequence with Ducard, like we haven't talked much about Ducard, who, surprise, is really Ra's al Ghul in disguise and everything. Um, I love how they're just telling so much story. Like, not a moment is wasted in this movie. There's not really a scene I think you can cut out of this without losing something powerful and, and everything. Yeah, it's probably why it's such a good Batman movie. It's very impactful, um, very strong uh, uh, to the to the character of Bruce Wayne. And that's the that's what we need. You know, um, we this movie needs to be focused on Bruce. It needs to sell us on who he is, why he has his mission, develop him, so that in the next film, when it's chaos and we have you know larger than life villains. Um, it's okay because we've already spent this film with Bruce. Yeah, and it got and it and it got it really got to the core of the reason Bruce is doing this is um is is the the a crime on the street flashback already Inception right here <laughs> the the crime in the streets you know the. Just, just the the poor person who killed his parents, um, and then up to, and then at this point, you know the um, the the mob boss who who um, who is 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 so powerful that he's corrupted all these people, these cops and these judges, and you know um, who's just yeah, who just keeps keeps good people down and and you know keeps bad people rich i i liked bale like when i remember when they cast bale and i uh i watched the only movie i really knew him from that i knew i knew him from was equilibrium at the time yeah. and i remember watching that like okay he can be batman <laughs> right um i mean Go back when I'm gonna go back one second. Just like when you, when you see Batman fighting in this movie and other movies, like 
some of the action in these movies just because of the shaky cam and like the idea was to like be in the fight you know i understand that and, and i know I think that some of it um, is, it's nolan's inexperience at fighting in action not not to right. sound like a like because i mean he excels on the drama and the suspense and the storytelling but i think part of it is his inexperience uh with action and that's why you find now like you have this new kind of class of action directors in the sense of like um where like Stahelski kind of came from where they're the coordinators of all the fights but now they're working more almost directing the action scenes right. while you have the main director doing the story because if i remember was it this film or the dark no term member i think it's this one nolan oversaw every shot like there was no second unit it was just nolan on everything yeah and like for you know his first time big budget Hollywood um, production, like that's interesting because like he he had more control over this film, right? Um, but you'll notice like when he's fighting and stuff, how his hands are always up, and he's fighting, you know, he's fighting with his elbows and things. You know, it's really close combat, you know, and yes. getting in there and getting getting in there and and just putting the people down really quick. Um, and that's the, that's the style of fighting, but, um, yeah, I mean the action in these movies, yeah, it's, it's a little bit hit and miss. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I liked Katie Holmes, um, as Rachel Dawes. Um, I mean, you know, she's, her career is a little hit and miss, um, about her performances and then the movies she's in, but, um, I thought she did a decent job for the role of Rachel Dawes in this playing the assistant director or the assistant DA playing, um, uh, Bruce's friend, you know, and potential love interest. Yep. Um, I mean, was Maggie Gyllenhaal a better actress? Yeah. It was a little shocking changing the, the actress around, um, recasting her. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, I would have liked to see what, Katie Holmes did in that film. She she ended up, you know, she would have ended up not continuing forward. So, I mean, if the plan was to kill her anyways, I mean, it would have been nice to just have that consistency of character. But Katie Holmes is also from Toledo, Ohio, so where I live and grew up. So, I've kind of had like I've always had this little connection and I mean, a crush on her since I was freaking watching Dawson's Creek as a little teenager. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> maybe I'm too maybe I'm too uh, too influenced, not impartial enough. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah. um, you know, I, I used to really hate her in this, but now I've come like I don't mind her as much. She's all right. I prefer Jillian Hall's performances and stuff, but uh, she's not bad. You know, um, no, I I did not think her performance in this was bad. Good job, Solomon. Look at that. Hold on. I just want to say that Solomon is celebrating Batman Day by he chose, uh, he is pouring his sister a cup and he chose a Batman cup. (laughs) Awesome. Good boy. (laughs) Um, You know, this scene here between her and Bruce, um, you know, she's, she's passionate about talking about her 
um, about Bruce's parents. Like you could see the admiration she had for his parents when she was talking about it. And then, and then how right here, Falcone, uh, Falcone was, um, like one of the reasons yes. for, for their death and why the city is, is still rotting from underneath. Um, and, and then when she sees him with the gun and she smacks him, like she sells that whole scene. Yes. So this is, this works in the story that Nolan is telling. Okay. This works. But the one issue that I have with this film is the idea of Batman is like the idea of a 20 some year old man, not that dedicated child. You know, because part of the idea of Batman is the idea of that child after having the influence of the film he saw and just how that plays on the child's psyche and the, you know, the classic candlelight can promise, you know, um, of what he's going to do. So, and right here we start talking about, I mean, just one thing I love and I appreciate so much in this film is by starting this movie with villains that we have not got in any live action. And the fact that the villains yeah, like are the mob and the corrupt, well, the I mean, corrupt police and things like that. Yes. And then you have Ra's al Ghul and you have the scarecrow, right? And they play into the story. Perfect. The villains serve a purpose to the story you're telling. But they're not overshadowing the character of Batman. Mm. Like I like the letting... scene here. Sorry. No, you're fine. No, it's oh. a commentary. We told um. that. That's what we yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. Um, uh, I like this scene here because this scene here is what gives. And, you know, you're talking about him being a kid and stuff. And like I said, he's like the emo teen. Like, is he in college here or yeah. is he um, he's in college because like, they talk boarding about school? You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm like, I'm sure it's OK. Hold on. Like, like is math. Bale trying to play like an old, like an 18, 19 year old person who was maybe he gone is in their early stage of college? Was he gone for eight years? Right. When when he sees Alfred again. Is that what they say? Seven years, maybe. So that I don't, puts have, my, my, I don't have my I don't have my subtitles on. So I, I have them on. I'm just kind of listening to it behind me. I forgot to turn them on before I started. I turned mine on, and uh, <laughs> it's just easier with kids and stuff. But I think when he shows, I up, usually do this. Uh, this was a um, this was a mistake. <laughs> it was a mistake on my part this time. It's they're almost always on. I usually watch them on anyways. <clears throat> I like the even the actor that plays the homeless guy. I've seen him in other things and he's really good. Like every actor is a high caliber, even for the smallest roles. Um, and I love, but, um, he disappears. And I, th- I think Alfred says, we'll say eight years we'll, and we'll wait till it gets there. But even, okay. If Alfred says eight years, that puts him right now, like 22. So let's say anywhere between 21 and 23 is where Bruce is right here in this scene where he decides to run away. Right. Because he tur- we know he turns 30 at the end of this movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that, that's kind of that. our, our, our uh, right here. Yeah. Uh, so, but the, the idea I was going for was that, that scene with Falcone, I mean, that literally gives him the, um, the push this. to figure out how to become what he is. It gives him the idea of that if he wants to 
not be afraid and fight back against corruption. He's got to get into it. He's got to learn about it. You know what I mean? Not just from, not just from the outside of what, you know, you see on the news, this and that he gets in and he lives it. I mean, that's what pushes him. And, and the idea of fear, you know, was, was put into him by Falcone and, um, how he learns to use that fear. And then here in Nanda Parbat, they, I don't think they ever call it Nanda Parbat, but that's what I'm going they, with. They don't. That, that's fine with me. Cause I was thinking about that earlier. Like um, when, when he was, climbing. And you know, you, right. Um, so I think that scene was very good. It's very important to the story. Um, and the theme of this movie. Um, and you know, you talk about Descartes here. I almost wonder because the league of assassins, uh, or the league of shadows have been around for so long that Ra's al Ghul is just a moniker. I, I honestly wonder if the guy on the on the chair is not the Ra's al Ghul right now, and Ducard is the second in line. And when he dies, and and Ducard is is saved, Ducard becomes Ra's al Ghul. He's not Ra's al Ghul now, but he becomes Ra's al Ghul because it's just a moniker for who's in charge. Right? Why and- is Ra's al Ghul immortal? Because there's always a Ra's al Ghul. I, I've wondered that too. Like, I think there's evidence for both arguments throughout the um, the movie. I think we could go either way, but I, I, it's a way of a, around the idea of the immortality. Like, you know, kind of like the Phantom. Billy Zane's the Phantom. You know that that comic character is like he's the ghost who walks. He's always alive because it's a tradition passed down from father to son. Um, you know, there's always a Phantom. Doesn't mean that the Phantom is the same person. But what I want to say is all that you're talking about, but the one thing you um, to remember is Bruce still has his morality in the sense of when he stole the food so he didn't starve, he stole it, but then he did share it to a hungry child. You know, so he's so he's not like selfish in his action. And then when he does the heist, it's against Wayne Enterprises. So technically he's stealing from himself. Yeah. Yeah. He said, he, yeah, he does. He says, I'm not stealing, you know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not a thief. Tell that to the owner of these. Well, I am the owner of those, but not that, you know, you yeah. know, or I want you to know. <laughs> exactly. So he's still finding a way to, to be good and understand and be part of, of everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very well thought out. He doesn't, he doesn't cross that line. Um, for being, you know, for being a criminal, you know, he, he lives the life, but he's not crossing that line because he's, he's being involved and in, in planning in what, what's happening. And he's, you know, he's stealing from himself. Exactly. So, he, he's an intelligent yeah. man. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, this movie is very well thought out. And what's funny and kind of sad at the same time is like Solomon goes, Daddy, I'll, it's good, but it's kind of boring sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, I can understand that very I, I much so for and a child. And that's why, like, you know, this is one of those movies that didn't really have a whole lot of toys and stuff. Like, I own a mask from this movie because I remember finding it at Kroger after Halloween in the discount rack. I was like, okay, cool Batman mask. Mm. I was like, it's probably like my favorite because it's like a cowl. Um, I'll, send a, I'll send you a picture of it later. 
Yeah. Because it's a it's a cowl, but it's not a full cowl, and it's not one of the it's rubber. It's not one of the uh, plastic um, like masks that you find now. So. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Um, oh, you said something. I think I forgot. I mean, even right here. like I Oh, think- merchandise. Yeah. Um, so I never – I don't think I had – I don't think I had anything because um, I really wasn't buying toys at this time, um, figures or anything. Um, I, I did get the game to play the game, which was really cool. You know, it was like one of the first kind of games that – you know, in help to introduce this extra, this extra level of something involved in the game, that level of fear, you know, that you used fear to, um, to be able to surprise your enemies and things like that. Um, they did it pretty well. It was probably one of the better Batman games, um, over the years, or at least one of the be- you know one of the decent Batman games over the years because you know these movies are all hit or miss. And then when this movie came out on DVD, I bought the box. I bought the box set with that comes with um, a comic book. Um, I remember that. It's, it's yeah, I got it right here in my hand, and um, it's uh, stories that inspired this movie. Um, the Man Who Falls, uh, writer Denny O'Neill. Artist uh, Dick uh, Giordano, um, the Batman, um, a Bob Kane story, uh, you know, old school, <laughs> and um, uh, a chap chapter one from the Long Halloween, you know, introducing um, Carmine Falcone. Uh, well, not introducing, but just uh, uh, a. a a chapter from the long Halloween that discusses the corruption that Falcone has, um, within the, within the GCPD, within Gotham. Mm-hmm. I remember that. So, comic. I like when they did stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. I got it right here. Still, still inside the, still inside the box here with my, with my DVD. Um, like I was saying about like, Actors like we have Ken Watanabe right here in this very small part, you know. But yeah, great cowboy. Which which I've always, you know, early on when I first saw the movie, and you know, you get you get uh, Liam Neeson's reveal of him being Razo Ghul at the time. Like I kind of at the time I was like, oh, so he is Razo Ghul. Okay, it's just misdirection. Um, but then. Uh, uh, I, I think, and then over time, I thought about it the uh, the the history of the League of Shadows and things like that. Um, like I think that, and there's no Lazarus Pit, especially once it comes to the Dark Knight Rises, you know. And there was mm-hmm. never any Lazarus Pit, um, and it was a hallucination um, um, for Bruce at the time because of him being in shock from his back being popped back into place, mm-hmm. and. Uh, was like, you know what? Like, I think that guy Ken Watanabe is is he was Ra's al Ghul. Um, he was the leader at the time, and then yeah, uh, Descartes took over the role as Ra's al Ghul. It's the only way possible um, in this version of the story that Ra's al Ghul is the person in charge, not not a specific person. 
and like here's a perfect example of uh what do you call it I don't kill but I'll I'll put everyone in like immortal danger and blow up stuff to save one person's life why people may be dying in the background but I won't kill that oh, one dude. all these all uh, so many of these guys are dying I mean things are exploding they're flying off of bridges and we saw the training you know if you fall off the if you fall off those things you could freaking die and I mean that whole that whole building exploded I mean the whole thing might have just the whole thing might as well have just blown up off the side of the mountain and crumbled to the crumbled off the side of the cliff oh that always like oh that always looks so painful oh yeah that that yeah that definitely looks like it hurts I'm always like, uh, if you didn't, if you didn't dislocate your shoulders, both of them, you probably tore both of your pectoral muscles and like, you're just useless. I just noticed like, that's the first (laughs) time I've ever seen this, like where the Liam Neeson part I could tell was a stuntman. (laughs) The quick shot right there. Yeah. I love this line. I I remember what podcast I was. I heard talking about, I think it might've been movie film where he's like, I'll tell him you saved his life. Thank you. Who are you? (laughs) Tell him Bruce saved his life. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, (laughs) and then here we have like, like there is no time wasted in, in shots. Like, you know, here he is walking to Alfred and there's Alfred. And I, I love Michael Caine as Alfred. Oh yeah. I love Michael. Period. Yes. Uh, He does a great, he does a really good job as Alfred. Um, I think, you know, one thing is casting of Bruce Wayne and Alfred, I think, is always needs to be a very. uh, You have to cast them together. I don't think you could cast them almost separate because you need an Alfred and a Bruce that have a certain dynamic that work together. I, I think this Alfred and Bruce is more father son. Um, I feel, you know, um, the Alfred and Bruce combo that we got on Gotham was great, and it was more father son, um, or like uncle and son kind of thing. I think the vibe we get um, from uh, Affleck and Irons is more like a um, kind of like brotherly, mentorly family, you know, than just like. Um, I love the line of Alfred right here about what do you call it about protecting myself sir seven years alright seven so so that puts him about 23 he's 29 right now so about like I said 22 23 ish you know uh, when he disappeared I love that he's like he's like I just I love the line where he says about uh, him being dead. And he's like, "Good thing I left everything to you." Now here's a great shot of like New York, that's supposed to be Gotham, and then we have Jonathan Crane, the ever amazing, creepy, uh, Cillian Murphy. Yes, he is amazing. I love him as Crane. I love that we have Victor Zaz right there, like just dropping in a character we know from the comics without being like forced. Like he's just there. Yeah. And I like they got the little, they got, you know, they got a few scars on him. 
you know. So he's comic accurate. Yeah. Um, man, the this actor, um, you know, Cillian Murphy, like he's fantastic and everything. Yes. He almost seems so young in this, and then like you watch him in like Peaky Blinders, and he you know old. him being the boss and and him being older. Like, he's so good. Did you um? Did you ever watch his um? audition no for batman it was on one of the special features get on youtube and see if you can find like the batman begins auditions um there's him there's eon bailey who i've only seen him in one thing him auditioning for this and then uh christian bales and they use the batman forever cowl for Mm. the audition process So, um, Bale's version, and I liked it so much when it came out, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like I said, he's, and it's not like I don't like him at all. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, like if I say he's fourth on my list, I mean, he's, he's still incredible and he's in, in a great series of films. Um, whether, you know, whether you, you nitpick at him mm-hmm. or, or not, um, He's still in a great. He's such a good character. Um, he he was probably he he was probably kind of one of the first, and not the first because Adam West did it as Bruce Wayne in the '66 show. You know what I mean? Where he did he did things as Bruce Wayne to further his crime fighting as Batman. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But this this was this was really one of the ones that really showed you that as Bruce Wayne, he's still doing his, um, he's still doing the detective thing. He's, he's, he was in the room there. He was looking at cops, you know, he was looking at, at Jim Gordon. He had a picture of Jim Gordon because he's, he's scoping people out. Um, you know, uh, later on during his, his drunk scene and stuff. Um, like, he's playing a part as Bruce Wayne. Like he is Batman and that's his life. And that's, that's all that matters to him. And the, the part of Bruce Wayne is, is more of the mask. Yes. You know, that everything he does in and out of the costume in and out of the cowl is to, um, further his, his goals as Batman to improve his city even as Bruce Wayne to improve his city through Wayne enterprises and, um, to, um, protect people and to get information for, to, you know, for his goals as Batman yes. for his mission. Yeah. I mean, he's like, he's he, like, you know, that's always the thing is like Bruce is the, it's really the mask. Batman is just the person is who he really is. And you know, the mask is just there, but yeah, that's that's one of the things that kind of separates Superman and Batman, you know. Mm-hmm. Um Bruce Wayne sort of ceased to exist and he became Batman. He's always Batman. And now over the years, you know, he's kind of he's still Batman, but he's kind of been allowed to grow into a person. Um he's he's allowed to mature past that and he's still not 
Bruce Wayne, quote unquote, he is still and always will be Batman, and which is the idea they used for Batman Begins that when Bruce retired and he was in seclusion, not be, Begins, Batman Beyond, when Bruce retired and he's in seclusion, um, like he's only trying to make the city better. Um, but he's still Batman. Like even that one episode where he thinks he's going crazy when he realizes he's not, because he's like, I don't call myself Bruce in my head, you know, like Mm -hmm. he is Batman. That's, that's who he is. Essentially. That's what it boils down to. I love this. Um, this is where he arrives in the office and he's like, who's here to see Mr. He's like Bruce Wayne. Hey, it's, uh, uh, what's your name? Uh, uh, it's, uh, Lynn from black lightning. It's Lynn Stewart. Oh, is it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's Black Lightning's wife right there. What? <laughs> it um, is straight up. Yep. She's legacy so, casting, but pretty much. <laughs> she is. That one dude on the board is Christopher Nolan's uncle. I learned that in another podcast. Um Oh really? The guy who puts his head up? <laughs> yep. Um I assume since they focused on him, he was center frame. <laughs> um what do you call it? I love that. That's awesome because Cress Williams is legacy casting too on Black Lightning. He was in an episode of Lois and Clark as like a voodoo shaman that attacks Superman. Right. So that is dope. <laughs> um, but, you know, Superman, like, like who he is lies in the middle. You know, who he really is lies in the middle. Yes. Like, he doesn't have Clark almost- Kent in in public is kind of like is, is a mask because he's kind of hiding that he's, he's trying to be less than normal, you know, he's and, more then, of a and then Superman is so extravagant and so fantastical. Like he lies in the middle. So he's almost never who he really is until he's like behind closed doors. Um, he's, he's always the same person. He just kind of leans one way. Or the other. Yeah. Like, that's the thing about Superman. He's always him. He's always the same person. He just kind of leans one way or the other. It's not really an act either way. It's just just one way or another so that way he can, like, create separation yeah. between the two just to, just to protect his identity. That's it. Superman, like, the Superman is more a little bit more, like, confident, strong. Clark is a little bit more lighthearted, you know, and then you have him in the middle. That's why I say I like the depiction of like, like in Superman Returns, you know, like think about like that. Him himself is when he's with his mom on the farm, not wearing the glasses, wearing like the farm clothes, you know, exactly. That's kind of a great version of him. Then the suit and glasses is like the Clarky shows and then, you know, Superman, but. Well, we like, have the great it's like Morgan. Reeves Superman, um, just one minor clip thing on that. Reeves Superman is like an act. Like, yes. he is never himself. You know what I mean? He's this bumbling guy that he's really portraying so hard to be Clark. And then he's Superman. He's almost never himself. And the, the older know? I get, the more, I don't want to say I don't like it, but it's not my preferred version of Clark Kent. Yeah. I don't mind a little bit of, like, goofiness or awkwardness. Um, but I've always taken that the Clark is supposed to be a generic dull guy that doesn't stand out. And if you're too goofy and awkward, you stand out. 
Yeah, which I think Clark in himself is just kind of naturally socially awkward because because of kind of being sheltered because of who and what he was. Yes. You know what I mean? So as a person, he's just kind of socially awkward, and that's just kind of the way he is. You know what I mean? But to like push that to the extremes, yeah, you, you stand out to be that extreme. Whereas Henry Cavill's version, you know, he, he's just – He's himself, but he kind of just leans on that boring farm boy, socially awkward person. I, I'm really and excited then, to see what Tyler does because I, I like the little bits I've got with him in Supergirl. Um, you know, Dean Cain's right. was more Clark focused than it was Superman focused a lot. Yeah. Um, so we, I changed the sub or I no. pulled us away from it. We had Mar- um, Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox, who's like. Amazing. I mean, he's the voice of God. Yes. But <laughs> like, I, I, if if I had if I had somebody narrating my life, it's either him or Samuel L. Jackson because sometimes <laughs> you just need some MFers thrown in there. I always said, but, <laughs> I want I want I want Woody, you know, narrating. My oh life. yeah, <laughs> nice. But I love this um, montage of so Al- part of the part of the reason I wanted to talk about this movie today. Um, on Batman Day and and the fact that we know that Matt Reeves' Batman is coming is we've got we've got Bruce Wayne here. We've got this grounded take. We've got Bruce Wayne here. He's putting together his suit. He, he's he's building it and making it himself to a degree. But all of this technology, the 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 Batmobile, the tumbler, the grapple gun, the the cape to glide like all this technology developed by his company, developed by somebody else, and use and him appropriating it for his um, uh, f- for his uh, own purposes. Um, the Reeves one, I think he's got a similar take, but it's you know from what from what I can tell and from what Reeves is saying, it's going to be very different from this. It's going to be grounded, but it's also going to be very different from this. Um, and the it's fact more that him and Alfred Bruce is going, yeah, they're doing it themselves. Like I like the idea that they, you know, that they they're doing it all themselves. Like they're the engineers of of Batman and his technologies. You know, at least in the early portion before things start to get really fantastical. Um, That's kind of the idea we got from BVS, but we're never quite sure. Uh, because yeah, he's so and far, I love that too. He's so far into his career, but you know, like right. you said, this this is he's putting it together. He's repurposing things. Like we saw him take that suit, um, you know, the prototype suit from mm-hmm. the prototype military suit. Yeah, and then he put his gauntlets from the League of Shadows. And I mean, I love the idea of him pulling different things and building, and then he's painting it to make it look unified. You know, um, yeah. I love all of that, you know, but at the, I I think it's, I think it's going to be a strong distinction on how it was, how it's done between this one and that movie. You know what I mean? Yes. And like I said, like this, he almost has, you know, he relies on the Wayne enterprises a lot. Uh, This one definitely, I think shows Batman in the grounded sense of he can't do it all on his own as much as he tries. Like he is relying on Wayne enterprises, Lucius Fox, Alfred, Yeah, you know, um, I was like this, you know. He's in the suit, Gordon. He's like, 
And Gordon's like, freeze. He uses the stapler. <laughs> that freaking jump, man. That's got to hurt. Yes. <laughs> that's got to hurt so bad. <laughs> Even with that suit on, like, yes. And the ski mask. Mm-hmm. Like, I love and hate the ski mask. It's like, that's like you. Because, I mean, we, we know he's in the process of building a better mask. Because we saw him talking about. Uh, well, you know, with year one, he's got that he's got that snow cap on, but then he he <laughs> does jumping. he puts on some makeup and he puts on a big old scar and everything. I like this. He's like, "What is it today? More splunking? No, base jumping, lightweight fabric." Yeah, I have just. Like, you plan on running into many too, uh, much gunfire in these caves? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like how Lucius. He's like, I don't care. He's like, yeah. this is so cool. Like, I love that. Like, we just I have do the like when they talk of him talking about what things are and how they work. Yeah, and why. which was really cool. It was really awesome to. It was really awesome when they did this at the time. You're like, yeah, he owns this stuff. I mean, sure. Um, but is he just so lucky that he's got <laughs> Lucius Fox in his company who <laughs> designed this military suit, who designed this lightweight fabric that he can create a friggin' cape and do like gliding and stuff with like, you know, it's, <laughs> I love the idea that Bruce is smart and he's intelligent. Um, hold on, pause the tumbler. You wouldn't be sure than that. I love this room. Like this, I'm this interested in that. Room. I would freaking drive that sucker around. <laughs> this big ass room that is in Wayne for is it a parking lot? Is it just what is this used for? Multi purpose room for testing, like an R and D, like Right. Well it's it's like your uh it's like your crash test dummy warehouse. Yep, it is. You know? <laughs> and that was just parked in the like underneath. <laughs> I Look. love this though. Like he's just like, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm inside. I'm gonna hit that button. I like that curiosity <laughs> that he has, and that just just go for it attitude. <laughs> I want to know how this thing made a bridge. Like I want to. He's like, never could get the bridge to work, but until it coming black. I want to see how he drove that thing out of there. <laughs> you know, like um, right. I, but, I think it sticks out on the street. Yeah, he'd have to hurry I mean, quickly. Things big. I mean, it's bigger than a Hummer. Um, you know, the one thing I don't like about the tumbler is the fact that you never call it the Batmobile. It's always the tumbler. Mm-hmm. It's like you say, like the Keaton Batmobile or the Kilmer or the Forever. You know, like you always have to use who Batman or what movie or the the Affleck Batmobile because you know it's the same Batmobile for three movies. Um, but this is the tumbler. Like it has its own name. But it never feels exactly like the Batmobile, right? I love that. The I mean, breaks after after it, after it gets hit by a freaking um, missile, uh, it becomes the Batpod. <laughs> yeah, that gets a name. Thank you. Um, but I love right here just the scene of him putting that ear device we saw him using into the cowl. We see him like clipping to use the belt away from the harness like just really in, like you said the repurposing that him playing with here with the gloves and the fabric like it really yeah. is like i love it really is the concept of batman beginning yeah but i hate the i do like i do movie. like the right i do like the the ingenuity he's using to like you said repurpose it um for what he needs it for um and generally speaking i mean 
you know, starting off, that's what you would be doing is repurposing things, you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, designing your suit, designing your cowl, building it from scratch. We'll come back to that in a minute. Things Uh, like that. Like, I think it's, what's that? We'll come back to the battering. I just wanted to state. Oh, (laughs) um, yeah, I just, um, I, I like to see that like in the early stages, I'm interested in seeing that. Let me put it that way. I'm interested in seeing that from the early stages where he doesn't just get all of this technology that puts, that allows him to have this high tech bat suit. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. something that he pieced together. I'm interested in seeing how they do that differently. It wasn't a one done in this film. Cause I really loved how I saw in BBS, Jeremy Irons working on the Batmobile working on the cowl, doing the soldering, the little electronics and stuff like that, testing the microphone for the voice modulator. You know, it really gives you a sense of Bruce and Alfred as a team are a team and they work on this stuff together. The drone mode in BVS, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're a team and they had to have designed that program and things like that. They had to have been able to, design and train for freaking Alfred to be able to fly the, the bat plane uh, in, in drone mode remotely from, from the chair in the cave. This is the best scene of the whole movie. Yes. This is very ninja. This is him. I love him taking people out one by one, like just kind of the, and we're back to the battering. What were you going to say about the battering? It's just, okay. So it is, it's interesting oh, to me. Like, hanging upside down is so cool. Yes. <laughs> The uh, he uses that battering. He uses that bat symbol, like it's in the marketing. Like he created that right there, you know. But why is that not the bat that's on his chest? Much like the Michael Keaton suit, the chest emblem has a different bat symbol than what was used for all of the promotion and marketing. Because in the next film, because like that bat symbol is the Bale Nolan Dark Knight bat symbol. Okay. Um, it's it's what they use on the actual bat signal. It's what's on his chest in the next film. But why isn't it on the suit in this movie? I like the bat that's on the suit in this movie. And I'm almost surprised they even put a bat on the suit itself in this movie. But it is a different bat emblem. I'm not Here. I love that. Like we just see his face. Where are you? Here. (laughs) Here's your fight scene. Like your like style. Yeah. Like I said, it's it's like the point of it was when they talked about it was like they 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 got the camera like they're inside of the fight like you're involved in the fight you're moving around with Batman you're but it's just it's so quick and so many cuts and so close and such shaky cam it's hard to see any of the real action these it's just like guys are dropping left and right which is cool which is batman but you want to see that you want to see him drop them <laughs> mm-hmm. i love the sound of him like on the car crawling with the, and he just pulls him up and then we get it i'm batman i love his voice in this like his bat yeah, voice in this is perfect it really goes yeah he really goes overboard with it by the dark knight nice cool I love his look. 
And then here's Gotham. See, even Gotham, like, it's shot a little darker and everything right here. Um, her on the train. Like, the public transit. So, I mean, the Dark Knight suit adopts that, that Batarang logo on the chest. You know, but, um, yeah, just, they use it for the, for the logo in this film, but then it's not, it's not used, utilized as, as his chess piece anyways, until, uh, until Dark Knight. <laughs> the taser, that's funny. Luckily, it's insulated. Still could have, still could have electrocuted him. I like how he does his research here. Leverage, blackmail. You know, blackmail is fear. You know, black blackmail is fear. Scaring these people back into doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, not not just you know, it's having the corruption and and doing everything for money. Now they're being, now they're being controlled into having to do the right thing, what they're, what they should be doing, especially in their position of power, like the judge. And that fricking spotlight, man, Falcone would be dead. He'd be like cooked like that. That doesn't, that wouldn't work. (laughs) I like the faux symbol in the, in the sky like that. Um, and it'd have to be a pretty cloudy sky for it to even show up on the clouds like that. Oh, yeah. I love this. Love this. Just the ominous, like, perched on an actual He'd location. Cooked. He'd be dead. He'd be like, dead on that on that spotlight. Yeah, that's really cool. That was this right here, just as a shot. I was like, that is so incredibly Batman. I love it. Like, <laughs> like, where, where, where have this been? In every Batman. Right? Like, that has never been in anything. I mean, granted, you get this scene at the end where Batman is standing up, and they, but that's just, he stands up on the side of the building or whatever, and then it cuts to black. Like, you don't actually get Batman perched over his city looking down, especially, like, and it's really cool because it's, it's the first night of him being Batman. It's his first night out, and he took down Falcone, got him with the drugs and stuff, and he's standing over his city for the first time as Batman. I, I love Gordon. Just like the, the idea and the realization that this city is so corrupt and like the cops, the, 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 the judge, everyone that we need is so corrupt that we have to, the idea of a, a vigilante crime fighter is what we need. Okay, like, I want to know how, like, the bruises are interesting. Because I get he's going to have them, but, like, just what bruises he has, I'm like, what was that? I'm like, I saw you beat up people, Batman. How does Bruce Wayne spend his money, his time? What do you want me to do, Alfred? I like how, you, how those bruises on his ribs, though. That's from when jumping from a few nights ago. 
I used to be able to do that, fall into a push-up like that. I think I'm too heavy for that now. I was kind of like, might that, hurt my wrists. <laughs> I was just kind of wondering, like, is that how James starts his days now? Like, how James starts his mornings? Like, this is this is just an example of how you start. I your need morning. to roll out of bed and start doing push-ups again. I need to. I'm getting old. <laughs> getting old and lazy. Yep. <laughs> Me too. I blame I blame stress and coronavirus. I blame stress. F COVID. Yep. <laughs> F twenty twenty. Like all I want to do is like my favorite my favorite like meme picture right now is the scene from the Grinch where he just says stress eating and he just has the giant bowl of spaghetti just shoving it in his face. I'm like I feel like that's my life because I'm just like stress confident. I uh, no I can't blame twenty twenty for that. That's all me. I take responsibility. So here's our first like big Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne sim, uh, scene. You, know, <laughs> you should see my other one. The the two girls, the restaurant. <laughs> two girls in a two seater. You have to have them sitting on each other's lap. <laughs> That's not exactly legal, but he's Bruce Wayne, right? But, oh, you know what? This is totally random, but it just kind of made me think about it because last weekend um, we were watching um, me and my friend. We were watching the Back to the Future movies. She'd only seen the first one. She had not seen two or three. So we ended up watching all three of them. And in the first one, you know, when the cop is like, which got under there special weather equipment or and he says special weather equipment, this and that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, do you have a permit for that? And Christopher Lloyd's like, yeah, I do. And he climbs down, and he's always, he's got this look on his face. You know what I never noticed? What? He pulls out his wallet and pays the cop off. Really? He pulls out his wallet to pay the cop off and walk away. I always just assume, sure. But I'm like, thinking about it, I'm like, no. How, how would he have a permit? It's not legal. It's yeah. a freaking time machine. And then he pulls out his wallet as the camera is panning down to Michael J. Fox putting the letter in his coat. I'm going to go he watch He pulls that. out his wallet. He's paying off that cop. I've never <laughs> thought about it. I just always thought he had like a fake permit or something. I'm going to watch that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my God. I was like, that's the first time I ever noticed that. <laughs> just, bri- you know, the, the idea of I'm Bruce Wayne. I can do what I want. I can bribe this cop. You know what I mean? Not that he would, but yeah, I was like, no way. That's hilarious. <laughs> and here's Bruce seeing... Here's Bruce, uh, you know, talking to Rachel. It, like the tragedy is like he can't be himself in front of her yeah. like he wants to. He's trying. Yeah, I like this. This was really good. This this part here, like he wants to tell her he's she's his oldest friend. He wants to tell her, but you know, he knows he can't. Especially after he saw her um, the night before, giving her the leverage and the blackmail. You know, which he, he's using fear. He's scaring those people into doing what they're supposed to be doing because, um, you know, because he's blackmailing them. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I, I like Christian Bale as Batman, Bruce Wayne. He's, you know, like. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's 
Yeah, there, there's you not one that I don't like. Obviously, Clooney's on the bottom of the list, but even he had his moments, and it was mostly his Bruce Wayne moments, not not his Batman moments. Right, and but, a lot of it is, it's not that, you know, it's not Clooney. It wasn't him, it was the movie. <laughs> yeah, mostly it's the directing, the script, and like, you know what I'm saying, like, you, yeah, we all directing know that, the script, the editing. Well, we know that in the friggin' we know that in the movie, like they never stood for they never stood across from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like so, they're acting against a a, a a stunt body, and you know, same thing with Arnold. Like they never stood across from each other, never really interacted in a scene. Yeah, um, you know, it's just one of those like. This film like takes its time for its actors. They're working together. You know, Batman and Robin. Like we all know that you can be a bad, or you can be a great actor in a bad movie. And you know, it's not you. You're 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 given what you're told. You know what I'm saying? And we've we've all seen it. I mean, come on. Like you, McGregor is is uh, the best thing about the prequels. But we know that like you, McGregor is an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this. I just when he pulls out the scarecrow mask, he's talking to Falcon about using it in his experiments, and just the look in his eyes. When when did the nut become? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, when did the nut take over the nut house? <laughs> and then he hit that fear gas, and I just I love the camera work and everything for just under the scarecrows, <clears throat> and I think they have the right uh, another great like Batman perch shot. Um, they have the right and there's okay so there's Gordon Gordon's wife Gordon's child. You know, um, I am like it's so crazy like how comic books get so obs- screwed up like. Was that James? I'm going Jr.? to grab coffee. Keep going. You know, for all you listeners out there, like I love this Batman perched on Gordon's, talking to him at his house. He took out the trash. It's always just fascinating to me the fact that you have the confusingness of Barbara Gordon, his wife. And then you have Barbara Gordon, his daughter, and then sometimes it's his niece that he has to adopt. It's so confusing. First time Batman disappears on, on Gordon. Flask in the rain and the narrows. And I think this is all set. And I think that's why I like this Gotham here. Is just it's a little bit more of sh- I like falafel. That sounds good. Man, there's a place up by the comic book shop that has great falafel. It's a 40-minute drive there by that comic book shop. Let's swear to me. Where did the other trials go? The Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> swear to me. <laughs> you know, this is, this is before everyone knows that Batman's no-kill rule, so he has a little bit more power. I always thought it'd be kind of interesting if, like, Batman, like, we had a, he pulled some stunts on some criminals where, like, he had, like, Robin or Nightwing or someone dress up and, like, they fake, like, they're one of the thugs and Batman throws them off a roof a roof and kills them. 
just to just to re freak out all the criminals. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh my god, he's killing people now. <laughs> like, but yeah, he's really not. So like, it just makes it scarier. But like, I was no, saying, yeah, like, yeah, it would be funny. The uh, criminals are already dead. He's there after the fact and throws a body off. <laughs> Batman threw a guy off the roof and killed him. He's already dead. It's just to prove a point and strike fear in you guys a little more. <laughs> I love this just right here, this scene of like there's the district attorney and like just the even the dock people are corrupt, you know? Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Don't wanna know what's in Mr. Falcone's crate. Hell. You know, it's the cop like there's the narrows that they steal for arrow later as the glades, but whatever. Um you know that <laughs> that is all like this is sets, and that's why I think I like this one is like it just feels different, you know. With it's a uh, the city look of the Narrows is much different than Gotham, and you know much like we got in Burton's Batman of just like it was trying to be that, but it just looks so small. Ah, uh, look, Joffrey. <laughs> yeah I just I just love it like the idea of like the kids seeing him and just being so excited right and I love Batman just like here um but I was saying like it's so confusing in Batman lore how you have Jim Gordon and then you have J- James Jr his son then you have his wife Barbara and then their daughter Barbara and some but then sometimes it's his niece Barbara that he adopts you know and then sometimes we don't know his wife and he has a daughter named Barbara and there's no Jim so I mean like it's just it's so confusing Well, this is completely its own iteration. This isn't a young James who grows up to try and, or grows up to be a serial killer. <laughs> I love so, that. Wham! I love how he just pulls out a lighter. Oh, I, I just love this. Like, the scarecrow immediately, he's got his mask on, just throwing alcohol on him. Uh,. You know, he's he's scaring him. Crane looks great with just the scarecrow mask. Sets him on fire. It's really cool. I like the fact that he has the scarecrow mask and stuff, but I mean that's all it ever is. It's it's some fear toxin and it's the mask. Yeah. Thing else. I mean the iconic shot of him in the straitjacket on the horse later on is really cool. Um but Pretty I mean, that's just nights. that's just pulled. Yeah, that's just pulled from a comic, just just to get a kind of a, a comic book shot in there. Because as it is, you know, this movie only has so many comic book shots. Mm-hmm. It's you know that's not that's not like the principal thing about this film or about any of the the Nolan films. You know, is is the comic book shots? Yeah, they're there, but uh, um. Yeah, it's just not the not the way the movie shot. Um, there's so many close-ups and everything. It's 
it's interesting just like but then also the the suits and the costumes you know like scarecrow didn't have one he had a mask (laughs) i love that look on alfred's face of just like he's afraid of how just afraid that bruce is but scarecrow like i think scarecrow i don't know I think you could do a film with Scarecrow as the main villain. Uh, it's your birthday. It's just he's an interesting character to like lead a whole film. Weaponize an aerosol form. <laughs> You're not in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> I love that outfit. You know, people handing around the weaponized hallucinogen. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of party. <laughs> when you know how hard it was. <laughs> Maybe when I was like 21. But you <laughs> <laughs> gas yourself again, Mr. Wade? Well, you know. I like how he's still trying to play. Morgan the, uh, Freeman's so good. I, I just love how he's still trying to play it up. You know? Like, yeah. Alfred, always a pleasure. I love their, um, you know, working together. And Bruce is like, he's a little hesitant that Lucius is this close. But the thing about this Batman I like is he does a lot on his own. He is very intelligent, but he is not, he is not the Batman of like, you know, 12th level intellect. I can do everything. Like he is human. Yeah, he's not Bat God. (laughs) Yeah. Like he does need help. Like he has Lucius help him, you know, he does need assistance. Um, you know, Lucius is doing part of it. And I love that look on his eyes when she answers her phone. Like he is paying attention. Um, what's wrong? So Argos in the Narrows. I was I was kind of sad that we never got the idea of like the new Arkham, um, you know, but I always like that Arkham's old. I'm like, I kind of like the idea that um, in like what was it Gotham Gotham Knights? That was the the animated movie uh-huh. that that took place, you know, loosely in between this and and the Dark Knight. How like the Narrows was walled off and it was like damn near an Arkham City. Mm-hmm. You know, and but that was it. You never saw Arkham again. We never see the Narrows again. Yeah, I love that. How we see him get into the cave with the piano. And I, I, oh, there's another podcast, and I, we kind of missed this part. Like I'm gonna say, that's a, that's a that was a Michael Keaton thing. He did that in it in his, in one of his movies to just show that Didn't the Waynes. Yeah, the Waynes have always been. Oh, I love that shot of opening up to the suit. But it's like the middle of the day. See, there's that bat symbol. I love that bat symbol. Why was it never used? Um, but the Waynes have yeah, always been a family cool. about helping people. About they always have strived to do more. Um, <coughs> you know, like Waynes were f- trying to free slaves, the Underground Railroad. So he's repurposing, you know, this cave and everything that had once helped people for another way of helping people. 
Mm-hmm. I love Rutger Howard, like just one of those like great actors from the eighties, you know, like here again, and then he ended up on Smallville as Morgan Edge. Yep, and he then, can be such an a hole too. Oh, that's that's his thing. It's like, yeah, I'm merging you. He's a good bad guy. I'm firing you. Did you get the memo? Okay, one of my favorite things in life and my little a-holeness is uh, when you use people's <coughs> words against them. Um, right. So I love that there's a couple of times that... That's the, type, that's the type of irony I like. <laughs> okay, so so far on film, this is my favorite Arkham. Yeah, I mean, I like the outside gothic look that we got in the Schumacher films. Yeah, I mean, I like that shot. Yeah, the outside, yes. But, yeah, but the inside here, you know, like, if a place like this went up, you know, the breakout and everything like that, it would be pandemonium. I like, I love the idea that Arkham is where, like, Gotham hides its, like, its dark secrets. Um, they're trying to look at like they're such a trying to make themselves a better city, but yet this is like a monument of the old Gotham. You know, I was like the idea that Gotham Gotham as a city is like it's a city that was built and then they just keep building on top of it. So there's like layers of the old. Um, I hated like I hate with a passion. Okay, both in the Schumacher and then how they did. Gotham in the TV show or Arkham in the TV show Gotham the the tacky white and black striped pajamas like it just makes it all of a sudden camp as soon as you do those type of as their their uh, suits and everything that the inmates have you've just made it camp I like the little bit <coughs> of the images we get in Suicide Squad when they're getting the Joker out and we see Harley, like just a couple flash shots, but it's not enough to really give us a um, a stable Arkham. So, and of course, so they're pouring stuff into the water supply. That is a ingenious plan, but at the same time, like like people like I've heard on other podcasts and people say like, wouldn't people like boiling water? have experienced like this problem if they've been doing it for a while. Perhaps, yeah. You know, like, and it would have been kind of neat if like there was like a line of dialogue or something in here about people coming in to the hospitals um, with this fear, this, this, this horribleness, you know? Right. Something they don't, yeah, that would definitely be a mystery of like why, um, yeah, the why Batman. is uh, this is where like I feel like Crane officially starts to act crazy. Yeah, and it's like that line right there, the Batman. That's like officially where it became a thing. Not just Batman, the Batman. It's the why the show? It's... Why the why the animated show was named the Batman? And <laughs> you know, it was the first time it's mentioned in the Nolan films because Harvey. Dent um, says it a lot in The Dark Knight. He's like, I'm the Batman. 
I love just the kind of people talking about the rumors, the looking, their fear. Crane's like, call the cops. Who cares? They can't stop us now. Yeah, it's his reputation. Um, you know what? It's it's that. Um, it's that fear. It's his reputation that he wants to scare people before they ever even see him or interact with him. Is he real? Is he this? And I think I think you know Batman works on a great level as like this kind of is he an urban legend? Like, right. Well, it's like the um, like the beginning of the Dark Knight too, where the guy's like, "Nah, nah, I don't want to do this now." He's like, "You got a better chance of uh, winning the Powerball than running into him," but it's scaring him. I have a Batman costume like this, Batman. Yeah, you're gonna wear it today, well, Solomon. What did you say? He has a Batman costume of this Batman. Oh, cool. I I'm gonna be scarecrow. So. Uh, scarecrow. Well, well, I have a Bane mask, so I'll lift you up <laughs> over my head and just, boom, drop you on my knee. <laughs> I love this. Dr. Crane's not here right now. Yeah. I thought that was pretty <laughs> was cool, like, how, how, like, when he sees him, he's all scared and everything. He looks like a monster. Mm-hmm. Like, like, it's almost one of the only times, like, they don't go too much into, like, the the hallucinations that his fear can his fear toxin can induce they show it a couple of times but it's never really this prevalent thing for scarecrow right it's just enough it's just enough for us to understand what's going on without dipping too deeply into like a horror um sense that we could get with scarecrow um back up The Batman is in there. SWAT's on the way. And then there's Gordon going in on his own. Solomon likes dressing up as the villains. He said he'll be a scarecrow. That means I'll have to dress up as Batman and fight you and Solomon. <laughs> I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be Batman from the episode of Nighttime. <laughs> That Superman inside the bat suit. Yes, <laughs> that's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> I love that episode. So do I. <clears throat> um, Especially when he's with Tim Drake and he's like, "You do a good Batman impression." Impression. He's a precise muscle control, and then he does Tim's voice, yeah. and he's like, "Don't ever do that again." <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing I've always said. Like, I think with the character of Superman, they should explore is when he meets people of different languages. Being able to speak their language, yeah, through just like well, education and muscle control and like, yeah. Well, that's I mean that's one thing they did um, explore. Well, not explore, but hint at in Lois and Clark that during his travels, like he learned all these languages, he learned these martial arts, he learned these native rituals and traditions and things like that. They really touched on it. And and a lot of Superman stories and, and most people don't understand that he he has he has an alien brain. His IQ is off the charts. And yeah. he he doesn't he doesn't actually he doesn't use it like he should and people don't write it like he should. Um, like I understand that his IQ is off the charts, but it's also He's he doesn't he's not like just because his IQ is off the charts doesn't mean that he excels in 
biochemistry and you know all this different stuff like when he's trying to cure cancer you know and it and it's not working it's because like even though he's super intelligent like he doesn't excel in these ways that that make him be able to do absolutely anything he's got a you know what i mean he's different. still a flawed person i love this okay just this is straight from year one but like the bats coming to Arkham, the distraction, him descending, like them flying up. Just like this, I think it's a great iconic shot of him. Is that what you I lo- Yeah, I love that, how the bats just funnel down and him jumping in it. Yeah. You want me to? You know, and like he uses it as a distraction. I love it. Um, the bats all around, like, I love that right there, him running through Arkham, like, we see inmates, um, and I, I I love this suit. Like I love the bigness of this suit. I love the way it moves. Um, I love the way the cape looks and moves in these films. It is my favorite like cape because it's so lightweight um, compared to like some of the other capes that we get where they seem very heavy. Mm-hmm. And here's our first. Like, look <laughs> I brought up. mine. Here's our first, like, real... Ready? Okay. Over that car, over the driver's side. Okay. Potential death. Yes. Potentially. Uh, they show that the guy's alive, but yes. he easily could have just freaking crushed that dude's skull. Yep. Like, he didn't know he's alive. Yep, because he's blinded <laughs> by his desire for Rachel. <laughs> Rachel! <laughs> this I'm telling you. I love that Jimmy Fallon thing they did that year on the MTV Movie Awards. <laughs> um, watch the like uh, Batman Kill Counts video on YouTube when they get to here and they're like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I mean, in in this in in this series, um, Batman. Batman kills more people than Ben Affleck does. Yep, he's very reckless, but people don't yes. want to uh, admit that. So yeah, just because and you know just because he doesn't um, like intentionally cause somebody's death, yes. he he's he's very very lax on the collateral damage. Which I mean, Batman always is. He's always caused millions of dollars in in uh, collateral <laughs> in in property damage and then Wayne enterprises construction division is happily to help right the job Uh, he's making dough on top of dough he destroys it he gets to have all the fun of demo and then he gets to make the money by friggin' getting this construction crews to rebuild everything uh yeah (laughs) Solomon just said the tumbler is his favorite batmobile oh yeah yep we're watching this is i mean this is an awesome scene of so trying to chase him yeah, yeah, it is a really cool Batman. Ch- it, it it really is a cool Batmobile chase scene, um, and the tumbler the tumbler is pretty awesome. I mean, like I said, if I had one, I would drive it. I mean, I, I would mean, take yeah. up two parking spaces everywhere I go. <laughs> I don't care. I I'd would the drive four, the tumbler. Around. I'd be the four guy. <laughs> You're the guy who parks in the middle of like four spaces. I love that rooftop yeah. to rooftop. The tires are just so massive; they just rip through everything. And the yeah, fact they those made tires this are thing. freaking huge, dude. Those tires are actually like near four feet tall or something. Yeah. They were huge. I mean, I've always said like I love the Batmobile, but like for practicality purposes, 
I would love to own the 66 or maybe now the new Pattinson one um, to just as my everyday car. <laughs> you know, I couldn't take like the Affleck mobile or the Keaton mobile just around town as my everyday car. Um, what's it look like? Never mind. <laughs> At least tell me what it looks like. Uh, never mind. <laughs> um, Did you? So real quick, in Detective um, One Twenty Seven, or you know One Thousand Twenty Seven, uh, yeah. have you read the short story Rookie yet? Uh, I don't think I've gotten there. I'm only, I've only gotten into like I think I maybe read the first three stories. Okay. Oh, so you know what? I think I might be in it. Is it that that one story where the person's coming up into the Gotham's? Um, into the the GCPD. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm in that story. I, like, I haven't finished it. I like that story a lot. I like. I think it's a really cool, like, strong story that goes with like just thinking about the city that we're going to experience in the Batman. Yeah. I love this. I lost him. Did they ever explain how they kind of lost him? Like, is it camo? Like, some sort of digital camo? Like stealth? It says stealth mode, but what exactly does that mean? I mean, it runs quiet. Um, all the lights shut off. It's black and dark. Yeah, there it is. I mean, I don't see how you lose it with a spotlight and a bunch of cop cars around you. Like he just like drives like <laughs> like cop cars are spo- like the thing is like cop cars are built to be tougher. You know? Yeah, and I love this like how they're kind of showing us how far Wayne Manor is supposed to be from. Uh, you know, the the city, like the waterfall he jumps through. Like, I love the cave. Like, I love the fact that it stays pretty much a cave. I hate that we don't really get to return to the cave too much. But I love how it, it is like a cave and there's stuff in there. Um, <coughs> that's such a cool shot of him gliding down to yeah. her. I mean, I like how it's a cave and then and then like... But it never really evolves past there, you know. I mean, it's always it's always a cave, but he always adds to it. He always adds technology. He always builds, you know. I love that. Like it must be a compound. It must be absorbed through the lungs. He's quick, smart people. Like the the dialogue is not wasted. She wakes up in the cave full of bats. How do you feel? It's an awesome shot. Where are we? We're in my cave. <laughs> my home. <laughs> I like how you're staying in the shadows and it's dark. Like, and anyone. I don't have the luxury of friends. Anyone who says a mask and stuff doesn't work, okay? Uh, we're learning about how masks work this year because there's people that I see, like, I think I know them, but because half their face is covered, I'm like, mm, maybe not. Do I know them? Maybe they have these big, you know, everybody wears a mask right now, especially, like, if you wear sunglasses and a mask. <laughs> or a hat, sunglasses, um, and a mask. <laughs> like, I, um, I love this shot of him taking like the cow off and then magically the black makeup off the eyes is gone. Right. That's one thing I'm looking forward to. They're just going to accept that it's there um, in the Batman. They're finally going to use that. 
Um, they, they did it great by him never turning around. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like it's like he was a, and then because they bring him up with changing or his clothes change as if he goes getting cleaned up somewhere yeah. in the cave. Damn right, it. he's got a shower in the cave. There is a waterfall. There is a waterfall. Just steps down into the pond, takes him a quick bath. <coughs> <coughs> um. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, the you were talking about the masks. Um, I like the little skit they did on Fandom where they had a couple of the different animated ones. And they're like, and and Terry comes in and he's, none of you are wearing the right mask. <laughs> Their mouths are all open. <laughs> that was a fun. That was a funny one. I love I like this. how they did that. He's like, it's not just your name; it's your father's name. You know, being like, there's more to Bruce Wayne than just you. Yeah, yeah, I like I liked it where where. Alfred in this, you know, he's your your name, your legacy is important, you he, know, and the legacy of your family. He forgets what he because forgets to him it's only do. the mission. He forgets that as Bruce Wayne, he can play into the mission. You know, like he forgets that. Like he forgets how powerful he can be just as Bruce Wayne and Batman. Yeah, you know, the which is kind of one, which is one of the big things that they're touching upon in the current run with Tynan, um, how influential Bruce is, even though the story is about Batman and there's very little of actually so far, there's very little of Bruce Wayne in the Batman books right now. Like yes. he's he's almost never Bruce, like he's always <laughs> Batman, he's always in the cowl. But a lot of the stuff he's doing and like his inner monologue and talking about improving the city and things like that, it's all from the Bruce Wayne side. What he's actually able to do is Bruce Wayne to improve his city. I always liked in you know the end of Batman Noel where it's about the story of the guy who was working for the Joker and all this, and but then at the end you see he got a he got a job as like a security guard or a maintenance man for for Wayne. And it's the fact that with his company, he can create jobs. He can The people who are struggling in crime because they don't have anything else, he can create the means for them to get out of the poverty, to get out of that by his company. Yeah. You know, so he's fighting the war on a two front. And, you know, there's a lot that he can do with, you know, the Wayne Foundation, charities, um, creating jobs, you know, creating. Yeah. Which is only ever, you know, obviously, which is only ever explored in comic books and the animated series and stuff like that, because you don't have the time to really delve into those things in films. People don't see that stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, the general public, they only watch these films and stuff. They only get so, they only get so little of the, um, so little of the story um, and they, they only learn so much about the character and then they act like they know everything about the character, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, you, you, you just don't know. Like, I love how this woman is standing here as he says, I watched Ra's al Ghul die. And then right. this guy shows up and says, and then she just walks off. Like, 
like I'm just like it's just weird, and so does the fake Ra's al Ghul, you know. But like, um, and right there, he's and like he's following her. <laughs> um, but no, like you're exactly right with how they don't show that. I mean, at least in BVS, we have the idea that Bruce, you know, set up the Victims Fund and was sending checks to the people affected by uh, the attack of the Black Zero. Yeah, you know who. So at least we're seeing that he he's playing a role. We see him in his company more so than like we have what one scene of Michael Keaton in his company in Batman Returns, and it's just like a weird meeting between him and Max Shrek, but he's never actually in the company. It's yeah. Know, um, um, and then like in this, when he's involved in business, he's sleeping because he's up all night and stuff. You know, you know also, which plays also, into his Playboy persona, you know. But, but but he has Lucius as his inside man. Yeah. All right, hold on. I'll be right back. My daughter calleth for me. Okay. Keep talking. So, yeah. This the scene where he's where he's um where he's drinking and he's <laughs> he's using this this drunk persona here to try and be this this um irreverent playboy um that he doesn't care what these people think of him um i mean it's for their safety but yeah it apple falls far from the tree like he's playing up the persona but he's damaging his reputation which early on i mean it would be something that it wouldn't be and we just had that discussion with him and alfred um like it wouldn't be um it it's not something he would think about the the la- the lasting effects but like over time as Bruce is able to develop that's why um I'd love to get a movie like I was I I love seeing Batman like so good at what he did in um so good at what he did in BVS. Um, but it was almost, it was almost too far. Um, you know, if you got Batman in at the five, like five through eight year mark or something where he's like in his prime, he's dealt with most of these criminals, um, before, or, you know, just a few years in where he's getting the cities cleaned up, but then the supervillains are coming out. Like, he's Batman and he knows what he's doing and he's in his prime and he's, he's doing good and, and he's really good at what he's doing. Um, I want to, I want to see that Batman, which maybe we're going to get a little bit going in further into the trilogy of Matt Reeves. So, or, or trilogy or however many movies he does. Um, I, I want to see a Batman in that time. Um, three, five, eight years in, in time where he's been doing this, he's made mistakes and he knows, he knows how to do the job, and he knows how to do the job effectively, um, protecting himself, having the Bat family around him, um, just just getting to see a Batman in his prime. You know, we always see the beginning, we always see the origin, um, and it's been done very well. But I definitely want to see a Batman in his prime, beyond this and before Ben Affleck's. Right, like you know, if we got to see Ben Affleck when he's ten years into the game, as opposed to twenty years into the game, where he's already made his mistakes, 
and he gets to, um, you know, he's already made his mistakes and he knows how to do the job and do it effectively, you know, but still running into these challenges with the villains and stuff. Well, my thing is, um, I was saying more like three to five, like three to eight, somewhere in that period, as opposed to like 10 and beyond, you know, where you get to still see like the introduction of these villains and how it's a new challenge for him. Yeah. Like after he's done taking down some of the corruption and stuff, but then you start getting these villains that are there and it's, it's a new and it's a different challenge for him, but he's Batman and the regular street crime is not like that big of a challenge to him, but then it's, then it's a step up, but it's beyond the origin story and it's where he's like in his prime and he can deal with the regular stuff. And it's when it starts to, when it starts to escalate is, is when, um, and stab them in the, you know, it, it promotes a challenge. Walk up behind someone and stab them in the heart. Which is funny because he almost used it as a distraction. Like, yeah, somebody's going to pop up behind you and stab you. And it's like, no, they're going to distract you while I stab you. <laughs> okay, this is jacked up because he said, you you burned my house and left me for dead. Um, He burned your house, but he took you to a dude to take care of you. You're leaving him yeah. burning in the house. That ain't balance. Yeah. No, it's not. Like... And it's, you know, obviously he's got a twisted sense of, of justice, the world, of the reality of justice. Yeah. But no, I completely agree with everything you were saying about like a Batman in his prime, like not wanting the origin. Um, you know, like, you know, you can say the Affleck is he's been doing it for so long. that He's kind of like on the outs. That's kind of the sense that we were getting is like this is like Batman's final stories. Um I want to see, and like it kills me. Okay, it is so crazy to me that when you look at it, the Batman character is designed perfectly for television, and Superman is designed perfectly for film, but yet they are always more represented in the in the other. Yeah, Su- Superman has always had a a more successful TV series, and Batman's always had more successful films. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, think about it. we had Batman sixty six. And you had Gotham, which is a weird non-Batman Batman show, okay? But then we have the original Batman anthology series. We have this film series. Then we had you know him pop up in BVS, and now we have the the Batman, okay? And then with Superman, you can't we had even lift the bloody log. <laughs> you know, with Superman in film, you had. The Sorry, original my four. accent was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you had Superman Returns, and then, you know, the Man of Steel, and then, of course, the, we'll say the hybrid films, you know, BVS and Justice League. <coughs> okay? But then you have, um, the bad guys are burning his house, buddy, and he's escaping to the Batcave. But then, look at you had the George Reeves, The Adventures of Superman. You have and you Lois and that, Clark. That elevator wasn't on rope. <laughs> Superboy, Smallville, and now Superman and Lois. That's five TV series based on Clark and his character. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping that the Superman and Lois series is a shorter series. I don't want it to be a 22 episode episode season. I mean, more Superman the better. Please, right. <laughs> I will we definitely take it. 
but I do not want Superman and Lois to be riddled with the dramatic irony and filler of the CW. I want it to be a 13, 16 episode season where, you know, you get more of the, of the, of the arc of the season. Right. But why do we fall James? So we can learn to pick ourselves back up. You've never given up on me. Never. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's why I I love the way he says that. (laughs) Oh, that's why I love, you know, this, this Alfred and everything. It's like, He's older, you know, he's definitely like I've been some more of the father Alfred. Right. I've been such a fan of Michael Caine, though, since he freaking played Scrooge in the Muppets Christmas Carol. I think that was like, my first I Michael Caine as well. I think so. And yeah, this he was he was great in that. And and everything I've seen him in since I'm like, you're so awesome. <laughs> like He is so great. And just that accent, and the way he says stuff, like nobody says words like that. Nobody talks like that. <laughs> See a great shot of the train car and the narrows. Everybody getting to the narrows, like. See now this this looks like this looks like a Gotham that could possibly extend from like a like a Batman eighty nine. You know what I mean? An uh-huh. industrialized city, but it's still got a a Gotham feel to it. I almost know? wish it was called but like the next one in Dark Knight Rises. That's gone flat out. I almost wish this was like old Gotham. Like they called it like as if like this was the like the original city. Oh, like, you mean like the birds Village. of prey, New Gotham? Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> Neo Gotham from uh, Batman Beyond. Like the idea that maybe this was like Gotham Village. Like this is when the settlement was first made, and then they started building the city out around it. Um, you know, and the idea that this is like the last remnants of what the city used to be. Or something like the court of owls, owls catacombs are below this section of the city. Yeah, at uh, least began, and then they've expanded. Can we please get some like <laughs> court re- reference? Like, I really want to see them represented in live action correctly because you can't. I redo- wonder if. So please, I Matt didn't Reeves. notice it. Yeah, I didn't notice it, but I heard, and I got to rewatch the trailer that the, and I think it's a minor tease. Um, because I think we were told that it wasn't a court guy who was like on the stairwell when Batman's zip lining up because somebody thinks they saw a white mask or something. But um, it's such a small detail that um, when he opens up that card from the Riddler the first time, there's an owl on that card. Mm. I never noticed that. I, mean, I wonder if that, that isn't too. like the tiniest little hint that maybe the court of owls could have something to do with either the film or the series or they're the, like, they're the, ba- they're the villain in the background. Yeah. Like plant the seeds in this one, tiny bits here and there, but you don't actually see the court until the next one. But from some of the description um, of the movie, I think it's possible that there could be this underlying organization like the court of owls in Reeves series. And they're better like in their like organization I love the music right here as he suits up. I love suit up scenes. Okay. Like, I think I just love that scene of him suiting up and with the music. The music's just so different for this movie, but it works so well. We need all cities. Riot cops are on the Island with you. Right. 
No one's here. So, I, I like how you know Zimmer did the score for these films. Scarecrow. Um, I, I like how they, how when it came to BVS, you know, he's like, I are, he's like, I just did Batman, you know, and that's when he brought in Junkie XL and handed it off to him to be able to develop a new score for a new Batman. Exactly. That's what you need to do. Elfman. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> I love, I love that. Like it gives me chills every time. Like there's no one left to send in. And then you just behind him, the tumbler, you know, goes right into mm-hmm. the arrows to help Gordon. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the thing, you know, especially in this, in this first outing, you know, these, this first time as Batman during this big event thing, you know, it's like, everybody's incapacitated. There's nobody left. And Batman's like, here I am. <laughs> I love, I love that she takes Scarecrow out because it just works. Yeah, she lo- tases him in the face too. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love that the horse, he has the horse, you know, that it's iconic, but it makes sense. Cause it was a police horse, <laughs> you know, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I said, like, I love how this, there's Zaz. I love how there's just enough horror-esqueness with the Scarecrow without going too much in this. Yeah. I, it works for this, but next time I see a Scarecrow, like, Gotham did Scarecrow really good. Yes. Like, like he was one of the better parts of the show, or at least one of the better characters, you know? Next because year, we're going we're gonna to explore. I love the way, I love the way that guy, I can't remember the name now, but I love the way the guy played the Riddler, like he was really good. But the one thing I didn't like was like the split personality aspect of the yeah, character. That's what killed. I was him. like, that was a little weird. That kind of killed the Michael character. Cause he was Smith? sounds right. Yeah. Um, he was so good. He, he was amazing. And then they did that split personality storyline. I was like, eh, like you kind of, kind of damaged the character a little bit there. Like instead of, instead of him being this, uh, this narcissistic person like and and you know this puzzler like they they created that you know what i just thought about deal to her right here that <laughs> scene is kind of the same like if you look at callbacks to when he reveals himself to gordon yeah you know because he says something he doesn't tell him who he is he says something and then he leaves and she says yeah. bruce and in the Gordon scene in Dark Knight Rises, he you know, he says something, and then Gordon goes, "Bruce Wayne, right?" You know, like, um. <laughs> and I think that's the beauty of a filmmaker getting to craft a. Uh, look, he's wearing a mask. Good job, Ross. Um, what do you call it? Getting to craft their trilogy, their uh, their vision, you know, and really getting to tell their story. Uh, and I look, you know, films like we've talked about before, films are so much more of like an elsewhere, elseworld type. <laughs> Very <deals>. well. Here's four. <laughs> so they didn't, they didn't really go into it too much in this, um, uh, in this, but like when Bruce trained in places, um, uh, over the years that he did, you know, when he trained with different senseis and stuff. He always excelled. He always became the best student, you know, and um, like they don't really go into that in this, 
but it's kind of, I guess it's kind of a little hint there. I can't beat two of your guys. Well, here's four and I'm still going to take out four of them. Yes. But I mean, that always caused him trouble over the years being the outsider at these different dojos and, and stuff. And, um, being the best excelling. I always kind of, I kind of wish that in Gotham, the series that we would have gotten like in after the first season or maybe in the middle of the first season, we got the departure of Bruce Wayne and Alfred. And then while the story of Gotham goes on, like we get little episodes or scenes or, a, or a secondary storyline that's not connected of Bruce on his travels. Like I always like the idea of like, you just say, Bruce undercover with a different identity goes and he goes trains with this sensei, <coughs> you know, but it's always like yeah. under the table kind of thing. Like I was like, I always thought the idea of like, you know, Bruce joining and training with like an, uh, an acting troupe, like the, so that he could perfect the character of Batman and Bruce Wayne. Like yeah. Learning how to create like Michael Chekhov style, um, you know, the theory of acting to embody the Bruce Wayne that he's going to reemerge as, uh, yeah. you know, and like the animated series gave us the episode where he trained with Zatara, you know, and learned and worked with Zatara for a while. Like, yeah, to learn how to escape bonds and stuff. So like we have this storyline going on congruently with, you know, Gotham, we have Gordon in the city dealing with things, but we have Bruce, Bruce off on his journey, <laughs> learning Bruce, Bruce <laughs> uh, you know, in learning his his life, his craft, that so that he can reemerge as the Batman. <gasps> oh, here comes the Batgirl. <laughs> so, yeah, um, they they just touch on it in this. You know, his his time learning about the criminal underground, um, and the only training he gets is at Nanda Parbat. I mean, they say that you've trained and stuff, but. Um, I would. like they they do skim through it pretty quickly, and I think that's I think that's something that's definitely missing from Batman in TV, Batman in animation, Batman in live action. You know, um, obviously a Batman show would be now, but you would get flashback episodes that deal with what he's dealing with now. Maybe, maybe, uh, kind of like in the arrow sense when he got the Island flashbacks, we would get like studies of his in the past that helped with what the current case he's doing now. Yeah. Or somebody he dealt with back then, you know, somebody who hated him from the, from his time with the sensei because of, you know, his exceptional talents and, um, yeah, some exactly. Definitely not to the degree of flashbacks of freaking Arrow. Right? No, like, God no. <laughs> but you know, once in a while, series. you get either flashbacks or, or you know, you get a, a a few episode arc and like you deal with the current thing, and then the next episode is like the flashback episode where you get his entire the entire episode is dealing with the time before. And you get to see more of that training, and then you know you get a resolution episode, like a three-parter or something. Um, I was thinking about the animated series uh, episode with Kyodai, or Kyo, where he like wants to learn like the ninja, wants to learn that secret touch. Right. Um, I think about that. Um, 
So, you know, like what you're saying about like being the sensei's favorite, like, you know, and he always used a different name and tried to like, and tried to create a different kind of character when he studied so that people wouldn't know he was Bruce Wayne, wouldn't know exactly who he is. Right. Um, was it a story in the Gotham Knights animated one? Because it's been years since I watched that one. Um, it was never really my favorite. Um, it was in that where he, where he's, um, and I'm pretty sure it's very anime style. That's why I'm thinking it's that one. But where he's training with a woman um, for like pain and different things like that. And he ends up, he decides to fight the people who are like attacking her and stuff. And she won't do it. And he decides to fight. And oh, she's like, yes. well, you've learned all you could learn from me. And he stop- And she stops training him because he fought back. Maybe it was. I do remember that one. I watched so much stuff. I can't remember everything. But yes, I do remember that. Um, I just want to say, like, just that line, like, I don't have, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. It's like basically like killing him. Yeah. It is one of the things I think is, is full and wholeheartedly Batman though. Like, like uh, a crisis on two earths when um, there's, there's two things in that one. Oh, it's, it's Johnny quick and owl man. When he went, when he's fighting owl man and he leaves owl man and sends him to earth prime to die with the bomb. And then when he, when he purposely says that the flash could not do vibrate fast enough to open the open the um the the portal or whatever um and he does it purposely so johnny quick will do it knowing that it's going to kill him yep you know what i mean he's he's able batman is able to make he takes the responsibility of being able to make those hard choices and live with the guilt of doing that by protecting his friends and allowing the bad people to die of their own accord. Yep. You know what I mean? Or, or die because of collateral damage. Like the guy in BVS who has the grenade, you know, you pulled out a grenade, you pulled the pin. Sorry. (laughs) You know what I mean? I love this. Like where he basically pulls the crap on Mr. Earl. Yeah, this is a, this is a really good part. I love this ending. Right. Mr. Fox, right. You are Mr. Wayne. Didn't you get the memo? Bam! Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you get the memo? <laughs> and he's got that look too that just Morgan Freeman could have, like, 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 boom! Right on you! I got you! Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. So, sorry, I didn't tell you, Rick. Um. Coming up here in just a minute is one of my favorite shots of this movie because it definitely shows you that this Wayne Manor is filmed at a different location, nowhere near Gotham City. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have to point that out so I can... Once, once I tell you, you'll always think of it like, dang, Tyler was right. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, Bruce, he has his company. You know, back it's kind of... And, you know, if any of these films, you're talking about being grounded and fantastical, I think The Dark Knight is the most grounded. The Dark Knight Rises is the most fantastical. 
And I'll, I'll, I'll explain that statement one day when we watch that one because we like to watch things out of order. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> now, when we do our commentaries, we do them in order. Not this one. We already did the Dark Knight for our Joker retrospective. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. We did. <laughs> but honestly, I think there's a uniqueness to watching this film and then watching The Rises right behind it. Because right, like it rises really connects back to this movie tight. And you can almost skip The Dark Knight. It's the outlier of the series. Yeah. Because uh, it, it does bring it full circle, but yes. some of the choices made are questionable. Yes. But, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. It brings it full circle. It ties tighter into this movie. Um right here, this shot, right there. Look at that. Farmland, everything. You see a city? Right oh, there, right. Behind him right there, behind her right there. Look at all that. Look at all that beautiful farmland. That countryside. Because think about the car chase <laughs> he had with the police to get to Wayne Manor. Okay? Like, it didn't seem that far because he took that off-road and everything. So, boom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of, it kind of makes sense. I mean... You know where Bruce, where where Wayne Manor is, has almost always been pretty far outside of the city. Um, the chase does make it seem like it's it's closer. That's for sure, especially since how rushed he is and everything, um, how fast it happens. But it's always been like a drive out to the middle of nowhere. Batman sixty six to that cave in the hill. Um, right there, Batman eighty nine. Right that it's cool, clear. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's not a city around unless it's on the complete opposite side. That's why you pay attention when I was like doing the reverse <laughs> angle with her. But it's like brick yeah. by brick, sir. Same, same. Uh, what do you have in mind? Improving well, it's like of- it's like when you look at um, when you look out across the 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 bay in yeah. like Arkham City and or the Arkham games. When you look out across the bay and you see Wayne Manor out on a hill in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? There's, I, I there's love nothing the there. I love the idea of like the Wayne Manor looking out, um, you know, over, we will, we can bring Botham back. I love how Jordan made the bat symbol or the bat signal. Like it was inspired. He did it himself. He's like, couldn't find any mob bosses. <laughs> yeah. And then right here, Right here, these this last moments right here sets up the next the next film. Now take this guy. Double homicide. Taste for the theatrical like you. He's a con guard. Do you remember being in the theater and people losing their junk? When he oh yeah, there? I did too. I was like, oh, that's like Batman Year One and. Um, I was like, oh, the Joker's going to be in the next one. And I mean, I was expecting, I was expecting a Joker, obviously not a Joker like Heath Ledger's, but I was expecting a Joker to kind of exist in the world and the Gotham that Batman they built you. here, you right. know, because, but then it's, yeah, but then it was completely different. I love the credits. There's Batsela. Hi, Batsela. Don't give away her secret identity. 
Um, but yeah, that was Batman Begins. Just a great bat film, great time on this lovely Batman day. Um, Good way no, to start. Batman Begins. We begin Batman Day with Batman Begins. <laughs> exactly. But no, like, but exactly with what you're saying is the um, the whole concept of the Joker. Like, the Joker that we got was not the Joker that I wanted, but it doesn't mean I don't really like it. The Joker we got, you know, because I wanted a little bit more straight comic book, you know, and it taught me to cut. Kind of think a little bit more adaptationally. That's a word I just made up. Um, about I think it to, gets the point across. <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> of how to approach these characters and these things. So, um, I really, you know, I appreciate this film a lot. I love this movie. I can't believe it's been fifteen years. Right. Um, yeah. Like I couldn't. I couldn't picture Heath Ledger's Joker in an amusement park. No, because he's a or in a chemical plant as a hideout, you know. Yeah, it's a completely different take, but it still works. You know, the fact that it's the makeup, you know, um, compared to. um, Yeah, it's the makeup and the scars. You know, Mm -hmm. yeah, and it's all it's all works. It all makes sense. Um you know, and one thing I, I loved about the Dark Knight after this was just the fact that the movie starts and he's wearing the same costume, and it's him finishing the work from this movie. Right. Um, he's going after it. Scarecrow. He's been out doing yep. his thing. Yeah. So um, I, I appreciate that. Right. So I I know I didn't speak a whole lot on it. I mean. I love that Scarecrow is in this movie and I love that he keeps coming back and yes. you know, his, his concoction was, um, the, the driving force for the plot and everything and, and how it all connected and stuff. Um, and I think he was used really good. Uh, I can't wait to see a very horror esque Scarecrow. Um, in the and, future sometime. And, you know, next year to prepare for like the Batman, I think we're going to, we're going to like do a, I'm doing some searching now. We're going to do like a Gotham look back and kind of like watch a couple selected episodes of different characters to just discuss like, you know, Gotham, the series, Gotham, the characters and what we want to see, uh, moving forward. So, yeah, we get so we're getting Scarecrow in Titans. I know Jonathan Crane in Titans. That's going to be awesome. Because I mean, um, I liked the Scarecrow in Gotham was cool, and I'm really hoping that the Scarecrow we get in Titans. Like, if anybody right now can do a straight on more horror, oh, absolutely, it's Titans. It would be Titans. Do it um, more like Arkham, uh, Arkham Knight or something. Yes. yes. Um. I so I hear that he's going to be like in prison and they're going to be like using him. So it's like Hannibal Jonathan Lecter Crane style. is Hannibal Lecter from that's Silence cool. of the Lambs. You know what I mean? That's cool. Um, so that's going to be really cool. But I hope that he escapes. He, exactly. He's he's a he's a he's a Batman villain. What do they do? They always escape. 
<laughs> like, I hope he escapes and we get a very nice horror element at some point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You could scare the crap out of the Titans with with Jonathan Crane with Scarecrow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Get all the Titans to, like, start living out their worst fears and stuff. I mean, that's right up the Titans' alley, you know? Yep. After dealing with Deathstroke and just... And after supposedly overcoming what they've went through. So... We'll see. So, yeah. Hopefully. I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm hoping they I'm hoping they pick up... Um, I'm hoping they they accelerate a little bit. Um, they've got the team now. At the end of season two, they've got HBO money. It's coming. It's coming to HBO. It's not. It's not a DC original. You know. Yeah, I'm hoping the production's um, amped up. Yeah, I hope. I hope the production is is amped up. You know, the the budget is a little bit higher, and they can, you know, they can really push that a little bit you know you know when the budget is down you know when it doesn't when you don't have the money obviously it's more character driven and stuff and they did fantastic they did amazing at that but sometimes you could tell like maybe the budget isn't there for them to do this this bigger hero stuff Mm -hmm. um more than what they did and now hopefully, you know, they're getting they're getting HBO Max and we're getting season three and and hopefully they hopefully they get to do a little bit more of something, you know. Maybe Garl change into something other than a tiger. Yeah. And a snake. Yeah. Well he only did that once. Right. Other than that, he's always just been a tiger. And I yeah, we could talk more about that, but all right, let's wrap this up. This is a two hour plus podcast of Batman. And there's no scenes at the end of this. We don't have nope. to talk through the credits. <laughs> <laughs> we could have by the time we are done talking. Um, For sure. <laughs> but happy Batman day. Enjoy. I'm going to yes, read sir. my story and do my things and just, uh, you know, enjoy. Maybe hit a comic shop. I don't know because the only one worth going to is like 40 minutes away. And so. Mm. Well, that would be nice. I don't think I'll be going to any comic shop today. I think it's all going to be here at home with what I've got. Um, That's kind of why I bought, bought the Batman digital. 66, so I've got some extra things to uh, check out, you know. Never watched it, like, straight from beginning. Yeah, straight, you know. Same. So. Same. So. Happy Batman Day, everybody. And uh, go check out our... Um, our bat, our happy Batman Day social media. Look up in the sky. Look up in the sky. Look in the sky.